I'm asking all of my listeners, my proud supporters of our courageous men and women in blue to join me and express your unwavering appreciation for law enforcement. Pin Blue Line USA has stylish apparel, great accessories that make a statement and flags that fly with pride. They've got everything you need to show your support for law enforcement. Go to PinBlueLineUSA.com and shop a wide selection of products to show up your patriotism. Use code SID and get 15% off. Stand with me, Sid, and stand with WABC as we honor those who protect and serve. ThinBlueLineUSA.com. Once again, use the code word Sid. Happy birthday, dear Sid. Oi. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Sydney. I love you so much. Good morning, yesterday. You wake up and time has slipped away. And suddenly it's hard to find The memories you left behind Remember, do you remember Well, you'd think it would get easier. Um, my dad will be gone two years this July, but it hasn't gotten any easier. And uh, there he is, my father, Harvey, singing me happy birthday literally three months before we said goodbye for the very last time. It is uh, my birthday today, and it's, uh, it's a great day to be here at WABC Radio. Uh, Bernie is not going to be here today. In fact, Bernie will not be here for the rest of the week. He'll be back on Monday once again going through chemotherapy in his effort to get better. But I will tell you this. He, uh, he sent me a text last night at exactly 12.01 a.m. Bernie wanted to be the first to wish me a happy birthday, and he did. 12.01 a.m. last night, he sent this Sydney, let me be the first to wish you a happy birthday. Double nickels, you're still just a baby. Many good years left. Love you, my bro, a lot. Enjoy and savor the day and kick some ass from Bernard. And all morning long, of course, uh, from my beautiful wife, Danielle, to just a bunch of folks. Corey Zelnick, Lisa Ganji, my sister Lizzie in Rome, Italy this morning. Stephanie Perales, uh, the beautiful Margot Katsimatidis, Heshi Organbaum, all sending me birthday wishes already. Emily Pankow, Leslie Slender, and a couple of guys in the business, too. Hall of Famer Jim Kerr, the great rock and roll DJ, and Glenn Shuck. Over at 1010 Wins, all sending messages circa 6 a.m. this morning. So, with that said, we got a great show planned for you today. Lots of guests, including including a lady that is also celebrating her birthday today. I know her kind of well. Well, look, give him a little taste of uh, who I'm talking about. This creature in the White House. That's right. That is my mother, Naomi Rosenberg. Uh, that's how she describes President Joe Biden. Yes, uh, my mom and I share a birthday. I was my mother's birthday present 55 years ago today. I have no idea how old my mom, Naomi, is. I want to say about 85, 86, but I'm not sure. She'll join us too. Chaz Palmer, Terry, Bo Deedle, more surprises. But sitting to my left, a man that has become, he's my boss, he owns a station, but forget about that. He has become such a dear friend, 
him, his wife, his whole family. Uh, got a great show of his own, Cats at Night, 5 o'clock every weekday afternoon. That Cats Roundtable show, 8 o'clock Sunday morning, continues to make big news every week, including Governor Kathy Hochul just this Sunday, and he's the great John Katsimatidis. Good morning, John. Good morning, good morning. It's certainly a privilege to be here on your birthday. Thank you. And Thank to you. celebrate your mom's birthday, too. Isn't what, that fun? what could be better? <laughs> uh, it's pretty cool to be born on one of your parents' birthdays. So uh, it's going to be fun. We're going to have some fun today. Again, we've got uh, all the stories to discuss. But um, I know you enjoy birthdays. I just, not that long ago, me and my beautiful wife, Danielle, enjoyed Margot's birthday with you guys at a beautiful restaurant in, uh, in midtown Manhattan. You love to enjoy birthdays. How many plates did we break? A lot. Wow. Well, <laughs> as long as we break plates, what the heck? You know, you get your stresses out. It's true. I remember the first time I did it was your birthday party a couple of summers ago up in the Hamptons at uh, that lovely church that you guys go yeah, to. Yes, the... the uh, and uh, Father Alex runs that church, and yeah. uh, he does a great job, and and um, it's putting people together. You know, it isn't just Greek Orthodox. He brings together Bulgarians, uh, uh, Siberians, everybody. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I saw that uh, when I was there that day. He's a very, very uh, nice guy, and we had all kinds of folks there that day, just about every religion and creed and you name it were there that day. Talking about Greek Orthodox— uh, that is always, if I'm correct, one week after Easter. So your big day is coming up on Sunday, yes? Well, uh, Greek Orthodox Easter is this Sunday. We follow the Jews. Uh, we, the, the Greek Orthodox, consider Passover and the Passover Seder as the, uh, I, I believe, the uh, Last Supper. Oh, wow. So it's so, the same thing. Uh, the Jews and the Greeks. So we're, see, we're Orthodox. <laughs> <laughs> but the big advantage, you know what the big advantage is? What's that, John? Uh, that uh, we follow Catholic Easter, and the Greeks get to buy the chocolate bunnies at half price. <laughs> I know. I did that last week, and I told you that. Yeah. That's funny. That is a true story. By the way, talking about uh, John Katsimatidis, one of the guys that helps you with your supermarkets, I do miss shopping at Gristidis. I'm not going to lie. That was my place on 103 and Broadway, but now they live in Queens. I don't have a Gristidis nearby, but uh, Joe Parisi is uh, just sent me a happy birthday message. He's, he's a very, very sweet guy, by he's the way. He's a good guy, and uh, he loves uh, the—he's been in the food business forever. He loves the stores. He loves to to, to put out the quality in all the Gristidis and D'Agostinos and, and uh, you know, giving people quality and, and making everything available in New York City. It's not an easy job anymore. No, it's not, and it's not an easy job for our politicians either. Again, I did listen— to that uh, great interview you did with Kathy Hochul on Sunday. And I know you and Kathy have a personal relationship. She really does like you. She's a tough Irish girl. She is. I think she wants to do the good job. Then I do it. Uh, she is well, then do it, John. <laughs> being blocked by some of the people. She's the governor. Who can block her? Oh, well, uh-huh. All right. here's the facts of life. Okay. The Democrats won such a majority. They have a super majority in the Assembly. And the Senate. So no matter what the governor decides, they can override her. That's true. That's why I want checks and balances in our city, in our state. And I urge everybody to, to vote for, for people to help balance out, help balance out the uh, equation. Well, I'll tell you this. Um, she is not putting herself in, in good position to win again. And uh, when the disgraced She's governor, Andrew race. Cuomo... When Andrew Cuomo comes out and, and rips you like he did yesterday, that disgraced individual, then you know you're doing something wrong. 
What is Andrew Cuomo going to do? Is he going to run as an independent? There's rumors around he's going to run as an independent. But if he runs and loses, he'll be hated by all Democrats nationally. Right. Isn't he already? I get the feeling that a lot of uh, the, the hatred for Andrew Cuomo is bipartisan, that Democrats hate him, Republicans hate him. Well, Suarez, I mean, you helped Suarez last week. Oh, Swazi. You, you, oh. Swazi. Did I help him? him? You put him on the map. Did, yeah, I know, but did I help him? Now I his whole party is mad that. at him. They're all mad at him. He, he came on this show, and he had the, the nerve, the gall. Is to... Swazi going to call you and wish you a happy birthday, uh, or is he going to tell you? Well, that's a good question. That would go a long way, John, if Tom Swazi wishes me a happy birthday after uh, Bernie and I put him on last week, and now he's become... The, uh, the punching bag for the Democratic Party because, again, all he said was Ron DeSantis's, uh parental bill down in Florida is reasonable, which, by the way, it's more than reasonable. It's the right thing is to there do. Something, by the way, is there something a matter with the truth? No. So why, why are they no, punching? There, well, there is for Democrats. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, I hate to say it. You know, I, I, listen, <laughs> I, I've looked at the bill and I've saw it. Yeah. And it has nothing to do with anti-gay. No, the word gay is never mentioned. It's never. I the, mean, the, it, it, it's nothing. it says that when you're in kindergarten, first grade, second grade, third grade, don't talk to those kids about sex. What's? I, I mean, that's legitimate. <laughs> I mean, we had that big discussion last week about that woman that's in charge of diversity at Disney oh, Land or yeah. Disney World. Yeah, yeah. And she is taking her five-year-old and six-year-old and convincing a five-year-old that uh, uh, she's a pamgenic or a transgender, <laughs> how can you do that to a five-year-old? Now, that is abuse. I totally agree. That is abuse. Now, listen. And th- they should put that woman away because I agree. she's abusing a five-year-old. She's abusing her own kids. I got news for you. Anybody who is critical of Ron DeSantis's bill should face some jail time, but... Listen, you're a wonderful parent. Your beautiful daughter, AJ, your wonderful son, Junior. I've got two of my own kids, Gabriel and Ava. And I don't want some teacher that I don't know teaching my kids about sex in the second grade, in the fourth grade, in the and fifth you, grade. And you remember, I think I told you what I, they did try to do to my daughter in the fifth grade. Yes, yes. They tried to put her on that Ritalin. And there was kids. I put my foot down. I said, no heck of a way I'm going to do that. Right. Uh, you know, I, I don't use any other bad words. I, you know, <laughs> well, I do. We do have a license. <laughs> uh, uh, otherwise, you know, if this was raw, we'd be wor- me and you would be worse than uh, I miss ever was or, or Stern ever was. Combined. The two of those combined. guys combined. Oh, my God. No, no question about it. <laughs> but okay. listen. But uh, other kids in her class. Yeah. They became space cadets. Mm. They're walking around with a smile on their face, looking at looking at the sky, like the world. You know, I mean, it's, it's horrible. It is. It, it is terrible. So uh, we'll see if Tom Swazi actually steps up today uh, after the rough couple of days he's had. We've been in about thirteen different publications now, Bernie and Sid. Uh, after that uh, Tom Swazi conversation, that is a hotbed button. The other hotbed button that uh, went down yesterday was traveling with masks. Now, I'm not that far removed from spending six hours on an airplane. I went to Los Angeles, as you know, a couple of weeks ago to film that great movie, Gemini Lounge. My dear buddy Danny A., what a great job he did. And I couldn't stand sitting in the terminal for an hour and a half wearing a mask, sitting on an airplane for six hours wearing a mask. I'm sorry if my sister Alana is listening, who I love dearly, 
Uh, you sound like a moron, okay? There is zero science, zero science that says masks protect you anywhere, in a terminal, in an airplane, outside, walking the streets of New York City. Enough is enough. We've been playing this game for years, two years now. It's supposed to be two weeks. Now it's two years. Enough is enough. So uh, yesterday, a uh, federal judge did strike down the mask mandates on planes, but were not there judged yet. In fact, uh, let's play a couple of these. Lou, number one is Jonathan Turley. He'll explain what went down yesterday, masks on an airplane. They will most certainly appeal this. I can't imagine uh, that mm. the White House and Justice Department will leave this the where, where it is. Uh, the judge here really uh, delivered a body blow to the administration and said that, you know, the public has a right to be heard, as does the industry, in opposition to these types of national moratoriums. And, of course, circle back Jen Psaki spewing those left Democrat points. They've been behind the mask mandates from day one, again, despite zero science backing them up. You should play in succession here, Lou. Jen Psaki 2 and Jen Psaki 4, very, very predictable. The CDC recommended continuing the order for additional time, two weeks, uh, to be able to assess the latest science in keeping with its responsibility to protect the American people. So this is obviously a disappointing decision. The CDC continues recommending wearing a mask in public transit. The DOJ, say, doesn't stay the order tonight or first thing tomorrow morning. Our passengers... I understand why you're asking, and certainly no one here is trying to provoke uncertainty with passengers. We also think the mask mandate should be in place and that it's safer for individuals who are flying to continue to wear masks. So we would say to anyone sitting out there, we recommend you wear masks on the airplane. And then as soon as we can provide an update from here, hopefully soon, we'll provide that to all of you. Recommended based on what? Again, the CDC's gotten everything wrong. Dr. Fauci's gotten everything wrong. The WHO has gotten everything wrong. Joe Biden had the, the, the vaccines thanks to Donald Trump. More people have died under his administration. So what are you basing all that on? What are your thoughts, John, wearing masks on an airplane? I'm like, enough of it already. How do you feel? I think enough of it already. Right. I mean, people, right now, it seems like all the new... Uh, whether it's Omicron or BA2, it seems like a bad flu. Yeah. But instead of calling it the flu, they decided to call it, oh, it's COVID again. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know, I'm not saying people should be careful. Right. We should be careful. And if you want to wear a mask, that's okay. That's up Absolutely. It should be voluntary. Right, right. And, you know, if you're not feeling well, if you're if you're 105 years old and, uh, <laughs> and have, you know, other problems... And uh, you should wear a mask. Agreed. If not, take it off. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, special thanks, too, to Pete Morgan, our dear friend who sponsors just about everything on this show, from our sports updates at the bottom of the hour to beat Bernie. Wishing me a happy birthday as well. Pete, you know I love you. 1-800-848-WABC. 1-800-848-9222. Three great guests already stopping by. I've got a feeling, though... That John has some more tricks under or up his sleeve, I should say. There may be some more surprises along the way. So you want to keep it right here on this, the birthday edition. Sid Rosenberg and John Katsimatidis taking you through this Tuesday morning in New York City. And we'll be back right after these short messages.
Chris Libertini, the genius of Chris Libertini. And, well, you folks should do this. You know, you should download the 77 WABC app. You can listen to this radio program any city, any state, any country across the world. Just download the 77 WABC app. It's free. Then once this radio show is over, you can actually go back and watch it. Watch it on television. They do an amazing job. Eric Salas, Gabby Lopez, Danny, the whole crew, WABCradio.tv, WABCradio.tv. If you want to know, for example, what my mom Naomi looks like, make sure you watch this radio show afterwards. They put up pictures and funny videos. You just put up a very funny happy birthday video. So make sure you watch this um, after the show. And again, Great guest list. As far as I know, I know John has surprises for me. 740 Bo Deedle, his weekly Tuesday appearance. That's always great. Live in studio at 840, Chaz Palminteri, my dear friend. In fact, Chaz and I, along with Vinny Pastore, who played Big Pussy in The Sopranos, and Paul Ben Victor, who's a great actor, we're all shooting a scene together for the show Gravesend, season number two, coming up in Brooklyn on Monday. I'm actually shooting a scene with Chaz Palminteri. He'll be live in studio coming up at 8.40, and my mom, Naomi Rosenberg, coming up at 8. So we discussed a couple of important topics, John Katzmatidis and I, in the first segment from Kathy Hochul to Mass on Airplanes. Here's another major topic, immigration. What's going on at the border, the southern border, is absolutely unacceptable. Now there's news on Ukrainian immigrants. I want to play some of this. This is Tommy Lahren from Fox News giving her opinion on the immigration issue here in the United States. Does anyone want John Katsimatidis' opinion? Here is Tommy Lahren from last night. Title 42 is not going to be the end-all, be-all. It is not a border enforcement mechanism. That's why we need other border enforcement mechanisms that last long beyond Title 42. We need to have remain in Mexico. We need to finish the wall. We need to make sure that those that are coming into our country Mm -hmm. who simply want a better life or they're seeking asylum are processed the correct way. I also think it's worth mentioning that just wanting to live and work in the United States is not a valid asylum claim. Our communities cannot take this inundation. All right, so Title 42 was put in place when Donald Trump was president, saying basically if you're sick with COVID, you've got issues, you cannot enter the country. So he already did an amazing job partly building the wall, added Title 42 to make sure immigration, the border, was not going to be an issue. And that was the case. Now it's a major, major issue. John Katsimatidis, what's your thoughts on uh, what's going on at the border and immigration in general? Well, I am pro-immigration. I'm an immigrant, my my father was an immigrant. My grandparents were immigrants. But we need checks and balances. You can't, you can't just open up the borders and just let everybody in. <laughs> I mean, we had Ellis Island up here. Ellis Island, they, they checked you, make sure you don't have any diseases other Americans are going to catch. They, they checked that you, you want to come to America because you want to be an American. You want to be a, a loyal American. So we don't want terrorists. We don't want people that are here to, to hurt other Americans. We, we, want, we want America to be great as usual. Look at what's happening at the borders, as I said. They're just letting everybody in. They stopped yesterday. Um, uh, they stopped like 25 terrorists. Yeah. But 23. that's only, Yeah. How many got through? Oh, who knows? And, and, and by the and, way, two weeks ago in Texas, they actually successfully arrested two men that were guilty of molesting children. How many of those guys got through, too? And drug dealers. So between 
uh, people committing uh, sexual crimes and dealing drugs and carrying diseases and terrorists here to do evil. John, if five get through, that's way too many. The Chinese promised Trump we will not send any more fentanyl to the United States. Well, guess what? They're now sending it to Mexico. The the Chinese cartel gangs are together with the Mexican cartel gangs, lacing everything with fentanyl, shipping it up to the United States. And, you know, 100,000, maybe more, of Americans died from that fentanyl. Nobody understands why Biden has those borders open like that. I'm not saying no no, no, uh, immigration. Yes, pro-immigration. But let's let in good people. Don't let any terrorists in. Don't let any gangsters in. I mean, enough is enough, guys. Will somebody please call your congressman and call call your senator, call the White House and tell them enough is enough. Where's that clip I used to do? We're mad as hell and they can't take it anymore. Oh, that's from the movie Network. That is a great clip. Look, they put Kamala Harris, this uh, ridiculous vice president in charge of the border, she can barely dress herself in the morning, let alone do that. She I mean, doesn't please. know anything about it. She doesn't know anything about anything. Uh, she had sex with the mayor of San Francisco, and now she's the vice president. God bless her. She, she <laughs> specialized that. <in> that. <laughs> now, right. I understand. Uh, they, they're stopping. The immigration department was ordered to stop some Ukrainians from coming in. 5,000, John. Uh, why? I mean, uh, President Biden has said, oh, let's let in 100,000 uh, Ukrainians. Why not a million? I mean, uh, President Biden has stopped the Ukrainians, stopped the Cubans, stopped Venezuelans. Why? I'll give you speculation that these people hate communism, hate socialism, and may, I mean, what else can you say? They're going to vote Republican. You've nailed it. You have nailed it. The reason why they're allowing a lot of these folks to come in from the southern border is, to them, Joe Biden's a hero. Yeah. He's letting them in. They're going to vote They're Democrat. Saying, Listen, come on in from Central America. Come on in from South America. <laughs> right. And we're going to put not two chickens in every pot. We're going to put three chickens in your pot. <laughs> Americans only get one chicken. Right. <laughs> but if you're from South America or Central America, you're going to get three chickens in every pot. <laughs> I mean, and guys, not kidding. enough is enough. This is not a joke. This is happening. Yeah, it is happening. And uh, you're right about the fentanyl. In fact, uh, Bernard, who, again, is not here today, he'll be out the rest of the week. Well, we pray for Bernard. He is a good man. He He is is. a good guy. He is fighting the the battle of his life. And if I'm a betting man, I'm going to bet Bernard is going to win because he's one tough guy. Couldn't agree more. Well, he just uh, his son just got married not that long ago. Uh, In fact, it was just a few months ago. And uh, the young lady, his his daughter-in-law, Bernard, uh, his daughter-in-law's brother in his 30s died right before the wedding because of a drug overdose. And he's convinced, Bernie, and he's probably right, that the drugs were laced with fentanyl. It was literally right before the bridal shower. It really put a whole damper on the whole wedding. But So he knows personally what it's like to lose somebody from these laced drugs that are killing, like you said, John, Americans all over the world. We, we all know somebody and... And America, Sid, there's no other way to say it. America is under attack. Somebody out there, I don't know if it's the Chinese, the Russians, or both, who knows? But somebody out there is attacking America. They're attacking our legal systems. They're attacking our educational systems. Look what they're doing to our education systems. They're attacking our borders. I mean, guys, you know, uh, 
this November, let me tell you something. If we don't vote for the right people this November, we're going to lose our city, we're going to lose our state, we're going to lose our country. I think Americans know that. I think New Yorkers know that. And that's why we all expect a red wave, just a complete domination, red over blue come November. And I do believe that the White House will be red once again, too, in 2024. Traffic and sports are coming up next. But right now, it's time for the 77 WABC Clip of the day. It's the 77 WABC clip of the day. Listen to Dominic Carter. Love this guy. Weeknights at midnight. Here, Dominic talks about wokeness. I am telling you that the wokeness of the last few years played a role in subway attack suspect Frank James believing it was okay to spew his racism. And you know, folks, some people say, well, the reason why these mass shootings are happening happens to be because of COVID, because everybody was locked down. That is an excuse and it's not the reason why it's happening. These shootings are happening because of this wokeness of people believing that they are victims and that they are justified in what they are doing. This is Sid on Sports. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers on 77 WABC. Locally, not much going on last night. I know the Devils got a rare win. uh, win. They did beat the uh, Golden Knights out in Las Vegas. The Rangers are back on home ice tonight. It's a big one. Taking on the Winnipeg Jets. Otherwise, quiet. The winter sports, of course, we've got basketball. The Brooklyn Nets down one game to nothing to the Boston Celtics. We'll play game two of that series from Boston tomorrow night. Last night it was the 76ers. Boy, they are really good. Uh, they went up two games to nothing in their series. A blowout win over the Raptors, 110-97, to the final score there. Golden State got 30 from Steph Curry off the bench. They beat Denver easily, 126-106. to That series is 2 nothing Golden State. And Dallas, even without their superstar, Doncic got a win last night. Brunson put in 41, and the Mavs beat the Jazz, 110-104. That series is now 1-1. The Mets, the first place, 7-3 and three New York Mets, rained out in Queens yesterday. They will take on the San Francisco Giants at City Field later on today. Tyler McGill will make his third start of the year. Of course, he's getting these starts in place of the injured Jacob DeGrom. The struggling 5-5 five and five Yankees, they're back at it tonight in Detroit, taking on the Tigers. Garrett Cole, two bad starts under his belt, will once again toe the rubber for the Yanks. Sports. Brought to you by Pete Morgan, my man, and the fine folks at Peerless Boilers. Check them out today and every day at PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com. They do build America's best boilers with sports. If you had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and they will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avvo and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today, 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email them at info at gabolaw.com. That's G-A-B-O-Law.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident. Talk Radio 77 WABC.
Just got a beautiful message from my son, Gabriel. Happy birthday, Daddy, with a bunch of hearts. We are celebrating my 55th birthday here on today's Bernie and Sid in the Morning Show. Bernie's out till next week. The great John Katsimatidis sitting uh, to my left this morning. And uh, we've discussed a variety of topics already from immigration, the border issues, to uh, Kathy Hochul and the job ahead of her if she's got designs on staying uh, as governor. Uh, Before we get to uh, another big political story here, I asked you moments ago about a certain restaurant, my dear friend Mike Sullivan. Mike is really the reason why I'm living in Queens. And, of course, John, you you helped me out with that in a very, very big way. And Danielle and I will always love you for that. Uh, Mike is a breezy point guy, him and uh, his lovely wife Donna, Mr. Brennan and Carr. And uh, he's taken me, Danielle, and Gabe out for dinner tonight to a place called Don Pepe's. I've been there once in my whole life. You like that place? The food is good. It's good. The food is good. But I'll tell you, the weather is miserable. Didn't, didn't, didn't God know it was your birthday? <laughs> I, think, I think he's crying. Uh, the God weather me. is miserable. I, I, had a, I took a Uber ride into the uh, studio this morning. I had yeah. Abdul from Yemen. Oh, wow. And he was a good driver, but the weather getting in and out. Yeah, it's, it was gross. Yeah. I walked outside, uh, to my, and I live by the beach, I mean, is, is, so is it's it, windy. Is it a northeasterner? Is that what they call it? I don't know if it was that bad. I but, don't think it was that bad. But it was a rough morning. Rough. Oh, so you don't have the same driver every time? You have a different guy? No, no, no. Just this morning. I didn't want to bring in my driver at 5.30 in the morning. Right, because you got the, what's his name? I right? need him for the rest of the right. day. <laughs> That's right. Uh, you did arrive early before uh, 6 a.m. So we're also discussing at the break the 2024 presidential election. And uh, the Democrats continue to shoot themselves in the foot, whether it's the immigration issue, what's going on here in this country uh, inflation, really bad. Supply chain issues, really bad. Obviously, this uh, mask mandate stuff in Democrat cities and states, Ukraine, Russia, all the stuff going on here and internationally, that all of it, all of it is a black eye for Joe Biden, who's an awful president, the worst in my lifetime. And this administration bodes well for Republicans looking to run in both 2022, which I do think will result in the Republicans getting back the House and the Senate, and then, of course, the presidential election in 2024. You seem to think this election will look a lot like one we saw about eight years ago. Where's the gong? <laughs> Let's do this. Like Mills Lane. Let's do this. Gong? Where is that? Where no gongs in we, there? I mean, we don't have it. Do you have a control room? <laughs> we don't have it. We'll get Justin well, Ellick on that as soon as possible. Yeah. Well, I'd say round two. Yes. I think there's a good possibility, me and Dick Morris talked about it, of Hillary versus Trump round two. See, I think I Trump mean, will win. You, you think Hillary think, will win that about, side? Think about, look, this has nothing to do with politics. I, I, I think about individuals. Who in the Republican Party has the ability to do a knockout punch against Trump? Uh, no one. I think Ron DeSantis is a very safe bet to come in second, but DeSantis can't beat him. Right now, not, nobody can beat Donald he, Trump. He doesn't have the ability to throw a knockout punch. No, he doesn't. I and, agree with you. And let's take the Democratic Party. Joe Biden? No. No. Harris? No. No. After Joe Biden and Harris, who is there? Well, I asked that of Rich Lowry yesterday. I even asked possible candidates. So you mentioned Joe Biden. You, men- you mentioned he wouldn't even run. He'll be 82 years old and coming off a horrible presidency. Uh, you mentioned Kamala Harris. Uh, a very good bet that Pete Buttigieg will run. Come on, sit. I, I agree. Have, uh, Buttigieg can't run, what was our expression? A one-car funeral procession. <laughs> I know, that's true. He was a I horrible mean, mayor. he stayed home 
the, the world was coming to an end. We couldn't get any ships in in California. Uh, the supply chain for our country was falling apart, and he was home. Correct. He had a baby. He was yeah, uh, diapering but, the baby. You no, know, there's such a thing as people know how to chew gum. I, I, chew gum and walk at the same time. Right, Remember right. that old expression? Yes. I mean, he, he can't chew gum and, no. and walk at the same time. He was a Look, terrible man in South Bend. He had a baby, yeah. and he wanted to take care of it, but there's such a thing as. Doing your job at the same time, too. No, he's not the guy for the job. Look, I I think the Democrats keep holding out this hope that someone in that party will convince Michelle Obama to run for the presidency. And and if she does run for president, and I'll fight with Bernie all day long about this, she'll win. She'll beat Trump. She'll beat DeSantis. She'll beat everybody because there is still a healthy percentage of Americans that look at the Obamas like rock stars. Barack Obama, who I thought was a feckless leader and a terrible president, was uh, was great. So I believe if she runs, she will win. But I just don't see it. Obama was great. Comparison to Biden. Well, I mean, uh, <laughs> that's like saying Eric Adams is great in comparison to Bill de Blasio. I know Eric. Uh, well, the, 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 you know, the, <laughs> is that fair to say? The jury is still out. We're, we're still, I'm still side by side with him. And I'm hoping that uh, we're going to have a safe city. Because if we don't straighten out our city by, by this November, and we don't straighten out our state and our country by this November, we're in deep doo-doo. Yes. Yes. I'm deep not going to say the yes word. Shizzle. <laughs> I'm not going to say the yes but, word. But, but you, you, you are, are, are really confident. Look, I've got, uh, like Jerry Seinfeld, for example, keeps saying, stay, uh, New York City is the best. It's going to be better. My dear friend Corey Zelnick, he says the same thing. Then you get a lady like Bethany Frankel, Miss New York, Miss Housewife of New York. She said, forget about what these guys say. New York is never coming back. It's a complete dump, and it's finished. You live in the city. You can live anywhere in the world. You're a very successful, wealthy man. You still live here. You really feel like New York City is going to come back. I feel we have a chance to come back. Give well, me a percentage. Let me tell you something. 80%, 70%, what's the chance? I think it all depends on this November. Yeah. If we make our city uh, safe, and we already licked COVID, we licked COVID, that's behind us. If we make our city safe, and we will come back. It's New York City, listen... I was here in 77 when we were in deep, deep, deep doo-doo. Yeah. I was here in, uh, what was it, uh, 80, 88, 89, 90, 91. We were in deep, deep doo-doo. Right. I mean, 2008, <laughs> yeah. we were in deeper doo-doo. Yeah. I mean, we, we've been in, we, we've had problems, and New York City has always come back. I have confidence. But what I'm is, an optimist. Why have they always come back? What's the key? The key is we come back when we vote in Republicans. Rudy Giuliani came into this city as mayor, Republican, and saved the day. And when Rudy Giuliani but, left, you had Mike but, Bloomberg, who back then was look, a Republican, and he I'm kept betting, it going. I'm betting on Eric Adams has a, are we allowed to say testicles? Yeah, big balls. <laughs> you can say whatever you want. You're on the station. Large testicles. <laughs> and that he is standing and saying, we we got to make our city safe. And uh, and that's it. I mean, look, if he doesn't get it done along with other leaders by this November, short the city. Chairs Palm and Terry, who's got two big shows coming up. I have to tell you. A Bronx Tale. Everybody loves the movie. And the movie is fantastic. Chairs, Robert De Niro. I saw the play. The play, the play was play great, was right? The music. 
Oh, wait, did you see the Broadway show or him doing the one-man show? Which one? Oh, I saw the Broadway show. Okay, the one-man show of the three of them, John Katsimatidis, of the Broadway show, the movie, the one-man show is the best of the three. Imagine Chance Palminteri plays every single character and does an amazing job. He's got two great shows coming up. He's coming in this morning at 8.40 to promote those shows and wish me a happy birthday. But he said to me just now, he said, oh, thank you, John. My driver is now cursing me because the owner of the damn station let his driver sleep. Tell John Katsimatidis, thanks a lot. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I have Arnold, and I didn't want to have Arnold get up at 5.30 in the morning to uh, pick me up. You know, it's funny. I took a Uber. No, and there's nothing wrong with that. I used to have a guy pick me up in the city, Upper West Side. His name was Gene. You know this, uh, John. I remember the story. Yep, and he would uh, be outside of my apartment building at 4.30 a.m. It didn't matter. Rain, snow, sleet. Gene was money. 4.30 a.m. He missed one day in all the years and drove me... It's a pretty close trip from the Upper West Side to Midtown Manhattan. Now I've got Freddie, a.k.a. Ricky, from Rocafoco Car Service out in the Rockaways, and he's in front of my door at 4.15 every morning. Never. He missed one day, one day in a month. This guy is, uh, is on the money, and the trip for us is about 35 minutes. That's it, to get to work every morning. So I know what it's like to have a driver you can count on because, let me tell you, you get up at 3.30 in the morning. I was in the shower today at 3.40 a.m. getting dressed ready to come to work. There is no worse feeling than walking outside. No car, no cab, no driver. So it's nice to know whether it's Gene in the past or Fred slash Ricky now or your guys that somebody is out there looking out for us. So well, thank you to Ricky who this morning arrived at my house with a ring ding and a candle. And sang me happy birthday at 4.20 a.m. in the back seat of the car. You know, it's funny. I had this conversation with Bernie yesterday. When you're a little kid, you love your birthday. Mommy and Daddy make big birthday parties. I I remember there was a place called Buddy's. And it was on Knapp Street in Brooklyn, right by the Burger King. And it was like this little, cute little amusement park. Not like Coney Island or Rye Playland. A little amusement park for little, little kids. And my birthday was there quite a bit at Buddy's. Then you get to a certain age where it's like birthdays are kind of like, nah, I'll make my kids their birthdays. And then you start getting older, and you go back to when you were a kid, and birthdays become important again. That's where I am today, John, at 55. What Do you celebrate your birthday every year like it's a big deal? Uh, sometimes. I, I celebrate the decades. Oh, the decades. Yeah. 60s. Uh, that's where you are. You're not 70 yet. I, I don't know. How old do, you know, do I look? 55. Oh, thank you. 50? Thank you. You've no, got to raise. Am I right? I got to raise. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know how old you are. And you, by the way, you look great and your eyes are working perfectly. And I, you I feel, feel good. Uh, Dr. Chang did a great uh, job. Uh, they found a very un- unusual condition in my eye that filled the entire eye with blood. And I was blind for like 70, 80 days. Literally. Yeah, I remember you've done a lot of shows with me the last couple of months because, again, Bernie is trying to beat this thing and get better, and you couldn't even look at your phone. I had a text for you. Yeah. Uh, I, I know all these things were going on, and now you've been texting all morning. But I, I, nev- I came to work every day. I never let anything stop me. Ne- not once. Not once. Not once. But it had to be difficult. It was difficult. Yeah. And uh, l- let me tell you something. I'll tell you our entire audience out there, take care of yourselves because the older you get, when you hit 60, when you hit 65, you got to take care of yourself even more. Is that right? Yeah. I love that veal uh, parmesan, but, you know. Eat less of it? I eat less of it. You see who's calling my phone right now? Who? 
Ah, okay. <laughs> I'm not going to pick it up because you and I are on the no, air. Pick but... it up. What the heck? All right. Let me talk to him. Yes, Tom. How are you? Tom Swazi is on the phone. <laughs> You're the best. You want to call in later? All right. Well, but thank you for calling. Thank you very much. We'll set something up for next week, okay? Thank you. Well, how about that? That was Tom Swazi. So you said in the first segment, will Tom Swazi look at that? And he texted you, too. No, I texted him. To oh, remind you him. texted Tom. Oh, nice job. Thank you very much. I thought he was listening at the very beginning of the show. So he there he was. Is. Hey, by the way, this guy, again, is taking a beating from local Democrats. If you missed it, Tom was on with me and Bernie last Thursday. He actually called me, reached out to me to come on the show. We put him on last Thursday. And then when asked the question about Ron DeSantis' parental act bill down in Florida, which uh, Democrats call a Republican talking point because they, they call it the don't say gay bill. Tom Swazi actually said, listen, it's a reasonable bill. Why is that? Because Tom Swazi is a parent and a reasonable man. He's a Democrat, but he's a reasonable guy. He's that common there's, there's sense guy Democrats. you talk about. There's a lot of Democrats that are, have common sense. Not a lot, but, but some. <laughs> no, there's a, there's a, but they, the woke culture ones have, have made them fear. Yes. You know, you know, and fear is driving the bus right now in the Democratic Party, and that's wrong. I, you know, you know what I say to the uh, uh, common sense Democrats: join together with the common sense Republicans, and let's have a great city again. Let's have a great state, and let's have a great country again. One eight hundred eight four eight. That's a great message. WABC one eight hundred eight four eight ninety two twenty two. We'll come back and wrap up what's been a great, great hour number one. John Katzmatidis and Sid Rosenberg. Don't forget, coming up next hour seven forty. His Tuesday appearance. He's always amazing. Hero cop, great actor, dear friend Bo Deedle. Talking about great actors, Chaz Palmin Terry live in studio. Coming up at eight forty. And my mom also celebrating a birthday today. Naomi coming up at eight oh five. Only one hour through what's going to be a great four-hour Tuesday morning show. Once again, John Katsimatidis and Sid Rosenberg only right here on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Talk Radio 77 WABC. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Sydney. Happy birthday to you. Oh, oh, oh. Are you two? Oh, it's very Are nice. you three? <laughs> that is uh, my crew in there, John Katz and Matiti, singing along with Luke Lograno and Justin Ellick, Frankie Diaz with an E, and Lou Rafino. Thank you so much. Uh, I am celebrating my birthday today. I've got millions of messages already my facebook page at sid rosenberg my instagram page at rosenberg.sydney my twitter at sid rosenberg and just so you guys know i read everyone i cannot today at least while i'm doing this show and later today while i'm celebrating with my family uh, acknowledge all of you and answer every single message but i read everyone i know who you are so thank you so much whether it's in studio today texting me family and friends or on any one of those social media places I appreciate all the love. Joe Esposito, former chief of police, a dear friend of uh, me and Bernie, thank you for your wonderful message. And, of course, uh, my buddy William DeMeo, writer, actor, and creator of Graves. And thank you for your early birthday wishes on this Tuesday morning as well. That's been a great hour number one. John Katzmatidis and Sid Rosenberg, three more hours to go. Great guests, all kinds of cool stuff. 
Thank you again, boys. I love all of you. Our number two of the Bernie and Sid in the morning show with John Katsimatidis and me is coming back right after death with the news. Hour number two of today's Bernie and Sid in the morning show on this April 19th, my 55th birthday on a Tuesday morning in New York City. Bernie's out till Monday. John Katsimatidis, who, of course, uh, has his own show, Cats at Night, 5 o'clock every weekday afternoon. It's a great show. And his Cats Roundtable show every Sunday morning, also fantastic, sitting in and doing a, uh, a tremendous job alongside me this morning. A couple of the folks are checking in. Peter King will be on with us tomorrow. He's on every Wednesday at 740 Peter checks in, happy birthday to one of a kind, and thank God for that. That's funny. Pete's a very funny guy. Thank you, Peter King, for that. Eric Salas running our video department, happy birthday, sitting They continue to uh, to come in. And we'll bring on some uh, special guests today, from Bo Deedle to Chaz Palminteri to my mom, also celebrating a birthday today, the lovely Naomi Rosenberg, as the show moves on. But uh, one of the stories we did not discuss, and we did a lot in our number one, John, is Ukraine-Russia. Once again, Zelensky, out of the Ukraine was speaking yesterday, and Joe Biden is yet to go. Joe Biden, the president of the United States, with all of his talk and calling out Putin every single day, which is good, because that serves as a distraction for Joe, who's doing a miserable job here in the United States. When he talks about Putin, he doesn't have to talk about inflation or supply chain issues or race issues or, or uh, you know, uh, CRT and all the nonsense that's destroying the fiber of America. But he's not gone there yet. Here is Zelensky on whether or not he thinks Joe Biden eventually will get to the Ukraine. Do you want President Biden to come here? Yes. Is there, are there any plans for him to come? I think he will. You think I he think, will? I think he will. And I think he, but it's, it's no, no, I mean, it, it's his decision, of course, and, and about the safety situation, it depends, I mean, that, but I think, I think he's the leader of the United States, and that, that, that's why he should come here to see. All right, there's a better chance Kamala Harris goes back to the border. Secondly, he was asked, we'll get to you, John, your opinion on this, about the Russians using nuclear weapons, and here's what Zelensky had to say. Not only me, I think we, all, all, all of the world, all the countries have to be warned because you, you know that it can be not real information, but it, but it can be truth, true, because when they begin to speak about uh, one or another battles or uh, involve uh, enemies or nuclear weapons or chemi- some chemical you know, issues, chemical weapons, they should do it. They could do it. I mean, so they they can. They, for for them, life of the people is nothing. That's why we should think, not not uh, not be afraid. I mean, that not be afraid. Be ready 
But, uh, but that is not the question for, to Ukraine, and not only for the Ukraine, for all the, uh, for all the world. I think so. All right. So, of course, there were some reports last week that uh, the Russians already used some type of chemical warfare on Mariupol, that city which is constantly under siege in Ukraine. Either way, he is still very weary uh, of a possible chemical attack from the Russians. Uh, Again, Biden not there yet. Uh, You and I talk about this every week, what it means for America. What are your thoughts now on Ukraine-Russia? Well, it's a very, very complex issue. Uh, Putin and the Russians, they lie a lot. Uh, But Ukraine, they're not 100% holy either. Uh, so we don't know exactly what the truth is, but the one thing that's come out is the Russian army was uh, was very embarrassing to Putin. The Russian navy, how can you allow your flagship boat, your flagship cruiser, to be shot down <laughs> by, by, by two uh, Ukrainian missiles? Hard to believe, right? I mean— Ships don't go down that fast, and you had 500 people on there, and they still haven't said they had two nuclear bombs on there that, that our sources tell us. And are the two nuclear bombs in the ba- uh, on the bottom of the Black Sea now? Mm, probably and so. And the Russian Air Force is not that great. So uh, my estimation right now is that Putin still has uh, time to make peace. And to uh, and to bring together peace with the uh, European community and uh, the United States, I'm not sure. But if he crosses, he I don't I don't believe he's going to use nukes. I don't believe he'll use any uh, any other chemical weapons because if he crosses that line, then uh, he moves over to the territory of definitely war criminal. He'll move into, he'll be the next Saddam Hussein, he'll be the next Gaddafi, and he's done. He's done. So you don't think he's there already? I I think he still has a little bit of a window, a little bit of a window to make peace and say, okay, enough is enough, enough people have suffered, uh, and uh, let's call it a day. The Pentagon press secretary, John Kirby, who is actually speaking right now, doesn't seem to think that Putin is ready to do any deals. In fact, Kirby is on TV breaking news. The United States will start training Ukrainian troops on new weapons. So we're going to help them out with new weapons. And Kirby, John, said just yesterday that he thinks uh, Putin and Russia, they're about to get even more aggressive and send more troops for ground war. This is John Kirby, number 18, Lou Rufino. Just over the last several days, you can see, you can continue to see the Russians are are doing what we call shaping. They're trying to set the conditions for uh, more aggressive, more overt, and larger ground maneuvers uh, in the Donbass. So uh, Representative uh, McCarthy spoke yesterday, too. And there is a bunch of uh, Republicans out there who believe that if Joe Biden had handled this correctly— that Putin never would have done this. We know, of course, in the four years that Donald Trump was in power, despite all the Russian hoaxes and all the nonsense the media tried to pass off to you folks, that Putin never even considered doing something like this, never even considered it. And, of course, Biden wins, and here he is doing what he's doing. Uh, McCarthy says if we sent them weapons sooner, Putin may not have done this. This is number 20, McCarthy. 
Ukraine is not asking for American men and women to fight. Mm -hmm. All they're asking for is the it's weapons true. to defend themselves. If we would have taken those actions earlier, instead of waiting till after Russia invaded, they probably never would have invaded had we done that sooner. You said it's true, so you believe that's the case. No, it's true. I mean, we had months and months and months and months. We knew something could happen. We should have uh, done a better job of arming the Ukrainians. And, and, uh, and I personally did not think Putin is actually going to cross that border. But he saw that, that China get Afghanistan for nothing. Right. $85 billion worth of equipment for nothing went up to China. They got a, a trillion dollars worth of minerals in Afghanistan for nothing. I mean, Joe Biden is turning over the assets of the world to, to Russia and China. Oh, I know. And then, of course— and So Putin says, what the heck? Why not? And Putin uh, was—there was a certain amount of intimidation with Trump when Putin saw how Joe Biden and this administration bungled the exit from Afghanistan, which resulted, of course, John, as you know, in 13 of our brave young women being executed— in Afghanistan, unacceptable. Putin said, well, the United States can't stop me. They couldn't figure out how to get their people out of Afghanistan safely. So that was also a motivation for uh, for this attack. Now, you've got a son, John Jr. You're very close with John. I'm very close with my son, Gabriel. We are very close with both of our fathers. So like Brian Kilmeade, for example, is on After Us. We love Brian. He's all for the United States sending troops to help the Ukraine. I'm no, not for no, it. You're not I'm either. not for it. No. You wouldn't Let's want John Jr. to go fight in the Ukraine, right? Let's use our drones. Let's use our uh, our technical weapons. We can we, we we can do wonders with technical weapons. It's like I remember the fact I lost a lot of friends in Vietnam. I'm older than you said. Oh, you did. I lost a lot of friends in Vietnam, mm. and you know you had some of these generals say or colonels or whatever say, uh, "I want to take that hill, a damn hill." Who gives a damn about that damn hill? And we lose two thousand American soldiers. Agreed. You know, eighteen-year-olds and nineteen-year-olds. I lost a cousin uh, taking that hill. Hmm. Uh, enough, enough. We just got some breaking news uh, out of the UK. Uh, powerful explosions uh, uh, rock eastern Ukraine. Uh, they're calling it the Battle of Donbas. So it's not stopping, and it's no, very, very sad. It's a new offensive. You're right. It's uh, it's in the east, and uh, Russia does warn the U.S. against providing weapons to the Ukraine. So now Putin has come out and said, hey, Biden, hey, the United States, if you start really giving these guys weapons and helping them, we're coming after you. Not that um, he scares me necessarily. I still feel like... We've seen how lousy his army has done against the Ukraine. Certainly they can't take on a country like ours, even with Biden as the president. But you don't want that either. So, um, you know, it just it just seems like Joe Biden and his administration have put us in such a horrible bind here. And to be honest, I'm kind of sick of talking about it. I, I look, I, I am I am as sensitive as anybody else. I see the videos and the pictures come back of husbands and wives and children murdered in the streets of the Ukraine, bodies laying all over the place. And believe me, it breaks my heart. But again, at the sake of repetition, for the millionth time, things are not good here. Things are bad here. Inflation, supply chain issues, you know, groups. Yeah, but explain to the people what inflation really is. Why don't you do that? You're well, Mr. You economy. Know, and, and the definition of inflation. Last year, you were paying uh, 
$2, $2.25 for gasoline. Yeah. And now you're paying $4.5 double. Why? Uh, last year, and, and you should see the price of Oreo cookies. Oh, I know all about that. <laughs> I know. Well, and that affects, you know, you are involved in the energy sector, oil. You're involved in the Oreo cookie sector with Christidis, D'Agostino's, with Joe and Parisi. Right, Joe Parisi. Uh, why is that the case? Again, I told Joe I want big displays. Of what? Of Oreo cookies, <laughs> uh, Chips Ahoy. I love Chips Ahoy. And, you know, uh, <laughs> and we're out of Malamars. You're out of well, We have a crisis. That is a crisis. You know, that's a, that's Nabisco, a big deal. Nabisco, uh, Nabisco uh, stops making Malamars in, uh, in March or April because in the old days, there was no air conditioning and the Malamars melted. Well, they haven't stopped their systems. The Nabisco still, still lives in the 19th century. So they're not even making them anymore? No, not for the summer. You actually and sent me one year. Yeah, you, I cornered the market. Ninety nine, ninety nine. You sent me that story. Yeah. yeah, and 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 I tried to do it again. And you know what Nabisco told me? What? Pound sand. Pound sand. Yeah. Basically, they told you what uh, Kathy Hochul and her folks told Eric Adams when he went to Albany to try to reform the uh, the, the bail reform. Uh, <laughs> pound sand. But tell the folks out there why uh, inflation. Is what it is today, and why we're facing these economic issues well, in the United States. Everything, everything happens around oil. When when the price of oil went from fifty five dollars a barrel to one hundred and ten right now, one hundred seven, whatever it is, wow, it doubled. Everything gets to the stores by transportation. Everything is run by uh, oil, and guess what? And that's the reason uh, we used to be able to get a truck of lettuce from the from uh, California coast, it's the truck used to be uh, like four thousand dollars for the truck to bring a truck of lettuce from California. Mm-hmm. Now it's like eighteen thousand. Oh my God! And I was talking to the CEO of Goya the other day, and he says uh, he he was getting a a, a container uh, overseas from from uh, uh, for the Pacific. It used to be two thousand dollars for the container to come to the United States. Yeah. And now it's 18000 Oh, come on. It's crazy. There's an attack. I told you, Sid, there's an attack on America. They're fighting us. We are being attacked in several ways, but some of our people are not smart enough to pick it up. Uh, a lot of our people. And unfortunately, John, the people at the very, very top. I uh, do want to send out some more thank yous. Uh, Susan, listening up in Bethel, New York. My parents, of course, uh, spent half the year in White Lake. My mom, all summer long, and Susan Otto Graham does a great job up there uh, serving in Bethel as a local politician. Thank you for the happy birthday wishes, and it is snowing. It is a snowstorm up there by Monticello. Also, the Haskell family, all great cops, and a couple of those kids actually died on 9-11. I see those guys, uh, Timmy and the crew, every year uh, on September 10th at the Wall of Remembrance in Brooklyn. Uh, They're checking in, and uh, the beautiful Kimberly Kravitz, Frankie's daughter, thank you for your kind wishes as well. 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. Been a great show so far. We've discussed all the major topics, had some folks call in. we got some big, big guests about to stop by, including Bo Deedle, Naomi Rosenberg, and Chance Palminteri live in studio, plus some more surprises along the way. It's the birthday edition of Bernie and Sid in the Morning on this Tuesday morning with John Katsimatidis and Sid Rosenberg. And we'll be back right after these short messages. 
Bill O'Reilly here, and I'm warming up. Stand by for the O'Reilly Update Morning Edition. On this Tuesday, I am thinking that many Americans are lazy. Outside of making a living, they don't really want to exert much energy improving their country. Others can do that, right? Two vivid examples. While the people cannot do much about the incredible incompetence of the Biden administration, they can demonstrate visible displeasure with absurd and dangerous situations. Far-left loons control the New York state legislature, and their soft-on-crime policies have left thousands dead and maimed. Most of those affected are poor minorities. Have there been street protests in New York City? No. Have there been protests in Chicago? Philadelphia, Los Angeles, Seattle, and other violent places? No. Massive protests were held after the death of George Floyd, but nothing over the murders of thousands of his countrymen. One another? The airline industry is hurting Americans by delays and cancellations. The airline moguls routinely lie about not having enough pilots and flight crews to operate scheduled flights. Pete Buttigieg, the transportation secretary, will not do anything because he doesn't care. So the airlines bank your money while Americans suffer. Now, I tried to organize a citizen's revolt against this horrendous situation, but the response was tepid. So the airport will continue to be a chaos zone. Few problems get solved without pressure. The American people still retain the power to improve their lives. We'll see that this coming November when the Democrats get hammered. But voting is not enough. We must be active. That is the morning O'Reilly update. More analysis later on. Title track, one of the greatest rock and roll albums of all time, U2's Unforgettable Fire. At 7.27 on your Tuesday morning, back here on the Bernie and Sid in the morning show, Bernard out the rest of the week. Hopefully this is the last time. I don't know that yet, neither does he. And we've got uh, John Katsimatidis doing a fantastic job sitting in. That was Bill O'Reilly. You know, I I got the uh, manuscript yesterday from my good friend and the author of my new book, Citizens United, John Russo. And uh, they've got the book. Now they've asked for an eight-page photo insert. So there'll be pictures in the middle of the book, me and you, John, me and my father, me and my son, me and Trump, all, all this stuff. It'll be, it'll be great stuff. And it reminded me what a great job Bill O'Reilly did. He wrote one of the five blurbs, which you'll see on the jacket cover of the book. He, uh, Miranda Devine, Congressman Peter King, Chaz Palminteri, who will join us in about an hour in studio, Craig Carton. And then there are two forwards in the book, one written by Bernard McGurk and the other you wrote, John, and um, talked about this with you the day we went to the the Harvard Club to see Kathy Hochul speak. It was such a beautiful forward. I'm not sucking up to you. The forward you wrote was so beautiful and so nice. And if you would have said to me a couple of years ago, not only would I be doing shows with John Katzmatidis, but more importantly, 
I'd be dear friends, dear friends with John Katsimatidis. I would have said you were nuts, but the uh, the forward really goes on to explain uh, our relationship and uh, how close we've gotten. So thank you for that. Well, you know, that book will live in history. Yeah. You know, books are forever. Forever. And um, especially now with electronics. And uh, Are you going to do a audio version? I am. Uh, they're going to ask me in about a month and a half to do that. Mm-hmm. The book will be out uh, sometime in August. Uh, and uh, I want to tell you this. We've actually, the supply chain issue slowed the book down. The book, again, is Citizens United. You can pre-order it right now. Please go do it. Go to Amazon.com. You're going to love the book, I promise you. Pre-order yours today. We want to get it out by Father's Day because the book is about me and my dad mostly. But the supply chain issues slowed that down. So now they said, you got to get the book out by August. You know why? Because we know that John Katsimatidis, now this is Anthony Zaccardi, Postal Press, and Simon & Schuster talking, not me. We know that John Katsimatidis will have a huge book signing party at his pool in the Hamptons in August. So make sure the book is out in August. And, I, and we need at least a ballroom in New York. <laughs> of course. So, But by the way, I said that was going to be okay with you. Is that okay? Absolutely. <laughs> you know, I just put up a picture on my Instagram account, at Rosenberg.Sydney, of me and John enjoying this uh, birthday black and white cake they brought into the studio. And I tagged you at cats.john because you're very active on Twitter, on Instagram. So I can have this conversation with you. What do you think about Elon Musk, $43 billion, trying to buy Twitter? Elon Musk. Let me tell you something. I, I saw his tweet last night, and I retweeted it. And you know what I said? I said, equal voice for all Americans. Uh, there should not be anybody sitting at, a, uh, uh, at Twitter with a button, I don't like this guy. Reject. Goodbye. And, and that's all it comes down to. Let, let me tell you, everybody out there, that or whether it's Facebook or Twitter, there are those people with those buttons. And they decide who goes on and who doesn't go on. And if you use certain keywords, they hit eject. And you know what I've done? Sometimes I, I, I think it was unfair but I put it through a second time or a third time, and you get a different person. Oh, really? You get a different person, oh. and sometimes they'll let it slide. That's smart. That's smart. That's the way around the system. Yeah, but it shouldn't be like that. Oh, I agree. No, you listen. Know, it's look, terrible. It should be equal voices for all Americans, no matter what you want to say, that you're, you should be able to say it. Say it and, uh, of course. I mean, can, can you make a logical and intelligent argument, John? You, you're a very, very successful guy. You're a brilliant man. Can you make an intelligent argument that the Taliban is on Twitter, that uh, that a bunch of other hateful groups, including BLM, are on Twitter, uh, that, uh, believe it or not, ISIS is on Twitter and Donald Trump is not? Can you I'm make a logical argument? I'm going to have a GoFundMe page, and I need a new Beverly Hills uh, mansion myself. <laughs> And, and maybe, you know, there are people that are going to be dumb enough, the ones that funded Black Lives Matter, they got a white, a white mansion in a white area of Beverly Hills. Isn't that funny? It's ironic. Isn't that funny? It is funny. Yeah, a white so mansion. So I'll take a black mansion <laughs> anywhere in Beverly Hills. Uh, you'll take it and put it in Watts, and then yeah. you'll look like a real hero. You know what I'm saying? Uh, by the way, Chance Palminteri's shows are being sponsored by Blue Lives Matter, but he'll be live in studio at 840 
to talk more about that. But again, you can't make a, a, a logical argument that these groups are on there and Donald Trump has been banned for life, can you? Even if you're critical of Donald Trump, but you and I have been in the past a little bit. Look, That's ridiculous. Donald Trump, he was the president of the United States. He should have the right to speak. I mean, how can you curb the president of the United States? Hey, you could you could have a button on your on your Twitter and said, "I hate him." Right. That's fine. Right. You hate him. You know. I mean, uh, as long as you don't yeah, say like crap, shoot him. You can't say that. <laughs> no, but but it's freedom of speech in our country uh, is the what we grew up on, uh, what our founding fathers always uh, preached. And and these people, whether it's Facebook or whether it's Twitter, uh, they're tr- they're trying to kill freedom of speech, and yeah. I think that's a sin. It is. That is. Uh, that's maybe the saddest part of what's going on uh, in this country, above and beyond everything else. Uh, more thanks, uh, George Venezuelos, our guy George, wishing me a happy birthday. George uh, is uh, had a great job at the FBI, and and he was in charge of the whole New York area. Uh, he was the uh, Deputy director or assistant or uh, director in charge. I forget the exact, uh, but he was in charge of the whole New York area. That's like 8,000 people. He was a big deal because I had lunch the other day at a place called Rocco's in Rockaway with Mike Sullivan and my friend uh, Phil Hughes. And Phil knew George from the FBI, and I texted George during lunch, and I said, Phil Hughes says hello. And George said, oh, say hello back. He's a great man. But everybody in New York in the intelligence department knows George. So thank you for that. Mike Dodino does a great job at the station. Danny Bianculo, all you guys, thank you so much. We'll start our cavalcade of big-name guests coming up in about six minutes. He's on every Tuesday morning, Hero Cop great actor, and of course a dear friend of mine and Bernard's and yours for almost 30 years. The great Bo Deedle is going to stop by. The digital dollar could give the feds control of your money. Get the digital dollar report. Call 1-800-862-6970 and also receive a $1,000 credit from Priority Gold to protect your money. Or just go to digitaldollarreport.com. Please note, the information provided does not constitute financial or investment advice. Talk Radio 77 WABC. I've got another confession to make. I'm your fool. Everyone's got their chains to break. Holding you. Were you born to resist or be abused? Is someone getting the best, the best, the best? I'm still upset over the death of the great drummer here, Taylor Hawkins. This is uh, Dave Grohl and the Foo Fighters. Best of you. Another great job here by Lou Rafino. 7.43 on your Tuesday morning. Bernard will be back uh, next week. And sitting to my left doing an incredible job today is the host of Cats at Night and the Cats Roundtable, John Katz and Matides, enjoying my birthday together. We'll have Chaz Palminteri, uh, I should say, live in studio, coming up at 8.40. And in about 20 minutes, my mother, Naomi, who also celebrates a birthday today. I was her gift 55 years ago today. She'll, uh, she'll join us as well. But we put this time aside every Tuesday 
but just a great man, a hero cop for the better part of three decades here in New York City, and a great actor. I just started acting myself. I'm a kid in this. I'm not all that good, to be honest. So now I really appreciate Maybe I'll buy a movie studio. What do you think? You want to buy one? Why not? Oh, let's do that. Come on. I would love that. I would consider it. And you can start making movies. We can do that. Absolutely. Well, this guy's a great actor. I, I really, I have watched this guy now, and uh, whether it's The Irishman or Goodfellas, Wolf of Wall Street, uh, you know, the uh, the Harlem show he does on TV, Gravesend, and of course, most importantly, for the better part of three to four decades, a dear friend of all three of ours, Bernie, John, and myself. It's the great Bo Deedle. Good Tuesday morning, Bo. How are you, pal? Good morning, Sid. Happy birthday to you Thank and your you. mom. Thank you. Don Pep Don Peppy's the guy owner there is Johnny. They got the best baked clams. Hey John, good to hear you this morning also. Well, uh, I, you know, I had to get up early, uh, but I did it for Sid's birthday. Thank you. And I just told Sid the story the first time we met in Campagnola in nineteen eighty four, eighty five. And and I happened to look at one of your girlfriends the wrong way and you got upset. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll we'll put that on the back burner, Tommy. All I know is you're a very dear friend, and your lovely wife Margo's a good friend, and I love you guys very much. And uh, before I go, and I wanted to talk a little bit about this murder in Forest Hill, but before I go there, last Friday night I was very excited. I had an invitation from the uh, Major League uh, Commission of Major League Baseball. It was Jackie Robinson Day, and we had the uh, ceremony there naming this sign in Times Square for the uh, great Jackie Robinson, the 75th anniversary when him breaking the color barrier. Yep. And the commissioner was there, Joe Torrey, Willie Randolph, Mariano Rivera, Ken Griffey Jr. It was really a beautiful ceremony. The family of uh, Jackie Robinson, the family that's left, was there. And it was a great honor to the great Jackie Robinson. I just had to do a big shout-out because people don't remember. It's only been 75 years since he broke the color barrier. And uh, God bless Jackie Robinson and his family for bringing America together. And that's a great America. But, but let, let's start right there before you get to this lady that was uh, butchered, murdered in Queens. I'm glad you yeah. brought this up, the Jackie Robinson story, because, you know, baseball is my favorite sport. Ball. I'm a diehard yeah. Met fan. And, in fact, when you go to City Field, that, that uh, museum they've got downstairs is more about Jackie Robinson than it is Tom Seaver, even though Seaver has a statue now. But when you, when you consider Black Lives Matter – and all the anger and all the noise that some of these people are making. Look what Jackie went through. That guy couldn't go anywhere without getting spit on and beat up and all those things. And like you said, it was only 75 years ago. How about take a look at Jackie Robinson and start to realize, Bo Deedle, just how far we've come? Well, how about one of the greatest that I had the fortune of having dinner with a couple of times, Hank Aaron, one of yep. the classiest human beings I have ever met in my life, him and his lovely wife. I mean, these are icons. I don't care if they're black or white. What they had to go through when Aaron was trying to break the uh, Babe Ruth record, they would curse at him to send death threats. These are my heroes. And you want to know something? These are the people that bring America together. And Black Lives Matter and our friend Eric Adams, my friend, Mayor Eric Adams, I'm glad he stepped up and said, where the hell is Black Lives Matter with all the crime going on, all the murders in New York City? He's standing up. Hey, let's give him a chance. And let's see what our friend Eric Adams is going to do. He's got his hands full. But, again, the state assembly, John, and the state senate and the city council, we got to get rid of these bums that are in there. And we got to have bail reform reform. And that's it on that. Bo, yep. this November, 
if we don't put the right people in office, New York has had it. We New York, look, I need common sense Democrats. I need common sense Republicans, common sense independents to vote for people that want law and order in our city. I go back to the old adage. Eight and a half million people in the city want to be safe. Uh, there's 3,000 right. criminals com- committing 90, 95% of the crimes. Right. You know, when, John, when you get a piece of garbage like this Noah Weston, this punk from Brooklyn, hates cops, kill cops, pigs. This guy needs a punch in his face, Noah Weston. If you're listening on the radio, Noah Weston... I'm an old man, 71. I'll crack your face. <laughs> we got no bail. We got no bail, John, so that would be good. Hey, by by, oh, the, by the way, that, that is the second time in two days that Noah Weston has been threatened with physical violence on this show. I did the same thing yesterday. So if I'm Noah Weston, well, I'd be careful going outside this morning. <laughs> well, speaking about crime, John, you live in the city. Sunday I visited my brother in Jersey. I came back in the afternoon. All of a sudden I thought – Something was happening in back of me. Over a hundred dirt bikes running through red lights on sidewalks, doing wheelies, everything with these little punks like they're uh, cowboys and outlaws running around the city. I called one of the heads of, of the New York City Police Department. Then I called nine one one, and I had to, some kid on the phone. He goes, "Well, how are they dressed?" Uh, what color are they wearing? I said, idiot, they're going up first avenue, a hundred motorbikes, doing wheelies on sidewalks. Get the cops there. Then I found out that they're not going to try to get them because they're afraid that they're going to run people over. And I guarantee you with those, just remember when they wear one of those little bags, one of those little patty bags across their chest, I'll guarantee you there's guns in those little uh, bags that they wear across their chest. People have to be careful. Then if they hit your car, if they hit it, they'll want to beat you up. And one of my friends who's one of the heads of the police department told me two weeks ago, an old guy in the car, they, they hit the car. They pulled him over. He got out of the car. They held him down, and they drove the bikes over this old guy, oh. drove bikes back and forth over him. We've got to deal with this. Get aviation involved. Follow these punks to wherever they got these bikes in these garages. Go in there with warrants and go and take these bikes off the street. Agreed. That's, that's my big piss today. Now, let's talk about this murder of this woman. First of all, a lot of people don't understand when you investigate a murder like this, you got that three motives. You have the motive, the means, and the opportunity. Right now that all this evidence is coming out, I've kind of uh, got rid of the, the, the brother, the son, as being the suspect. This was a murder. The woman was stabbed 60 times. means there was anger. There was violence involved. And who the hell would drag that body uh, four blocks away and having the chance of being caught again? She was out all night. She came in after 12 o'clock at night. It was definitely somebody that knew her. Also, the text to her husband. The text to her husband that said, your whole family's next. Her phone was used by the murderer. My point is, I am sure the great detectives of the New York City Police Department are zeroing in on this woman. Now, a lot of people don't also, uh, a while ago, she disappeared for a walk at 12 midnight. Does your wife do that? And then come back the next morning at 7.30 in the morning. Has that ever happened with you, uh, Sid or John? I don't know if anybody, any wife that goes out at uh, 12 midnight (laughs) for a walk. Not mine. (laughs) No, that doesn't happen. Then comes back at 7.30 in the the morning. And I'm 
going to tell you something right now. This is going to be solved very, very soon because the great detectives of the New York City Police Department are on top of this. And the reality is, again, those three things. So you got to look. They do a the great motive? job. They do a great job. Look, they, they, they got the Burger, the Burger King uh, uh, guy within, what, uh, 48 hours? They got the. The guy from the subway station? No, they didn't get him. He actually turned himself in. I know Eric Adams took a victory lap. Did he collect the reward? Yes. (laughs) All I I can say, one more thing is, this is on the front pages of the paper. But we have murders every day in our minority communities. Why aren't we making a big deal about that? That's the whole thing. It's the 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 blacks. It's the blacks and the brown community that are suffering. They are suffering. It's those every you know. murder, John. Every murder. I was a homicide detective. I worked in a minority community. Every murder is a murder, whether it be in Forest Hills or not. Every murder. That black woman up in Harlem is as important to me as the woman in Forest Hills. But it doesn't get front page every day like this is. And I'm calling out to Eric. Eric Adams, my mayor, please. The crime is affecting our black and brown communities. We have to stop this crime, whether it be in black uh, or Hispanic. Well, we got to put our foot down. Eric wants to do it. Uh, you know that. And I, I think we got to put our foot down with the state senators and state assembly people and say enough is enough. You know, let, let's make a change. Uh, to uh, Bo's credit, we have to wrap this up. But to Bo's credit, uh, Bo, you've been talking for years. You're really the first guy. Uh, even before me and Bernie or anybody, to talk on radio about the black and black crime, specifically in the city of Chicago. For years, oh, yeah. you've been yelling about that. So a ton of credit for that. Bo, thank you very much for the birthday hey, wishes. Birthday. Hey, John, listen to me. Don't eat too much of that cake with Sid. Come on. <laughs> I'll tell you, the, the picture looked great, right? That's a great picture. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Bo, hey, you're guys, great. Have a great day and happy thank birthday, you. Sid. Thank and you. John, love you, man. Thank you. We love you, Bo Deedle. Another great appearance, as he does every Tuesday at 740. Lucky to have him, the great Bo Deedle. Uh, here's a, a surprise guest on the phone. I will tell you this. I will tell you this. He's not there now. He's going to come back. Okay. Uh, Chad was there for a second. Hopefully he calls back because uh, I'm in New York right now sitting next to John Katsimatidis because of the courage that Chad Lopez showed when he hired me to come back to New York, a lot of program directors wanted me to come back. Trust me. Uh, they wanted me. I mean, the, the facts are the facts. I'm a talented guy. I can do this. Uh, but they didn't pull the, they didn't pull the trigger. Uh, Chad did it, and uh, he's going to come out looking like a million bucks when it's all said and done. So we will take a short break and continue this Tuesday edition of Bernie and Sid in the Morning with my man John Katsimatidis on my 55th birthday with more guests in studio and on the phones with you folks. We'll be back right after this. Talk Radio 77 WABC. So like I was saying before the break, back in 2016, when I realized the dream of getting back to New York, I hated the way it ended back in 2005. Jed Lopez was the guy that said, hey, get Sid back here. Sid's New York. He's the right guy. He's going to get us to where we want to go. And Chad pulled the trigger, and I remain forever grateful, eternally grateful to Chad. And then, of course, now when you combine Chad with John and Margo and the lovely Emily as well, man, I couldn't be more thankful to be where I am today. But it does go back to Chad, and uh, he is calling in this morning. Chad Lopez, how are you, my man? Sid, 
Sid, John, how are you? Happy birthday. Well, thank you, buddy. Thank you so much. You know, we celebrated my 50th birthday together. That was the one time you got Danielle, actually, to come to actually come into the studio. That was a good job, Jim. That's right. That's right. But you know what? It's not about me. It's your birthday today. And I understand it's also your mother's birthday as yes, well. That's correct. And she's calling wow. in right after you. So uh, you could wish Naomi she's listening and watching us right now, Chad, a happy birthday. That's, you know what? That's amazing. And But the only problem I have is you're 55, and John and I look a lot better than you. It's, it's, it's incredible. I don't understand it, John. You're, you're right about They're making a movie about Sid, not about us. You know, you know what the answer is? You know, Red Apple Media, we're going to buy a movie studio. You know, are you, are, now that's the second time you've said that in the we're last 10 minutes. We're going to buy a movie studio. Chad, what about that? What about uh, our next move? But buy I don't a movie like studio. California. We're going to buy a, Eric Adams has to give us the deal, and we're going to open up a movie studio in New York. <laughs> you and I have been working with John long enough to know when he says something, oh, it, it could happen oh, by the end of the day. I, I, listen, I, I, I've seen that. I've seen that, and that's what makes coming to work here every morning so exciting. And, and I know it's my day, and we're celebrating my birthday, but... Man, Chad, well, I remember those days when you were shoveling uh, crap up against the tide and trying to get stuff done, and, and you had these great ideas and these great innovations, and none of them uh, were put to use. And then John and Margot came in. Now they're all being put to use, and now this station has once again, once again reached legendary status. So I know it's my birthday, Whoa. but you have done an amazing job. You really have, Whoa. Chad. Whoa. Well, it's not me. It's John and Margot. It's all of us. But 100%, you're absolutely right about that, Sid. But you know what I I find absolutely amazing? That the boss, our owner, comes in to do the show with you on your birthday. Oh, it's great. It's great. And by the way, not just do the show, but he has done such an amazing job this morning. I mean, it's been a great show. And he's so happy, Chad. He's so happy to be here. It just it makes my heart the first, warm. The first, series, the first series we're going to film is about this hot guy at this hot radio station. <laughs> Is that all, Chad? And he's happily married, and all, but all the women are chasing him. That's me. There you go. Wait, 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 wait. But, John, but, John, hold on. That's not me. Are you talking about me or Sid? Well, you're single, so, you know, you'll be, uh, you'll take part two. Right. Well, when you, yeah, we we'll take make, the leftovers. We'll make a second one when Chad gets married. So, hey, Chad, thank you so much for calling in this morning. You know how much I love you. I really love you, man. Thank you so much. Thank the you. Latin lover. We had the, 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 the Latin John, lover. It, John. The Latin lover and the Jewish lover. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Thank you, Chad. Uh, we lost him there. Thank you, buddy. Right. There he is, Chad Lopez, who, of course, does a magnificent job. He really does. Uh, running this station, and it's really nice to see all the things he wanted to put into place. John and Margo and you, Emily, you guys have done that, and, uh, man, we've got ourselves a powerhouse here at WABC right now. We'll take a break. We'll get there with the news. When we get back, yes, 55 years ago today, on this day, I was my mother's birthday present. My mom, Naomi, shares a birthday, or I share a birthday with her. She's been on the show many times. She made this uh, comment very, very famous. Edlo, talking about Joe Biden. This is Naomi. creature in the White House. There she is. So my mother, not short on opinions, Naomi Rosenberg, celebrates her birthday with me and will meet John for the first time. That's coming up next on Bernie and Sid with John Katsimatidis and Sid Rosenberg.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We are New York. Bernie and Sid in the morning. Talk Radio 77. WBC. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Sydney. I love you so much. I love you too, Dad. 8.05 on your... Tuesday morning. Well, we've had a great show so far. Bernie's not here, of course. He'll be back on Monday. But John Katsimatidis has done an exceptional job sitting in with me, and he's having fun, and we're having fun. Bo Deedle was great. Chaz Palminteri live in studio coming up at 840. And who knows who else may stop by before 10 o'clock. Chad Lopez, that was great, too. And uh, Emily Pankow, quickly before I get to Naomi, because she's probably crying right now after hearing my father. So let her get through that cry. Don't put her on. Um, you've been uh, uh, great to work with, and uh, you've helped me and Danielle out with a lot of stuff. It's gotten contentious at times and rough at times, but uh, your heart's always in the right place. Uh, you've always looked out for me at this place, and I really, really enjoy working with you. Uh, I mean that sincerely. You know that. So um, thank you for all you've done for me, too. Thank you very much. Oh, thank you, Sid. Um, it's been a pleasure working with you and sometimes your wife. Yeah. <laughs> um, the contention is part of the fun here. Of course. It's business. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. We have to have a little bit of fun, as John always says. Right. And, and uh, it's one thing if when... If you don't have a little bit of fun every day, life is not worth living. I totally agree. Exactly. That, that's why in business dealing, sometimes, you know, things don't go the way you want right away or the way I want right away. But I always know when the heart is in the right place. And I'm always confident when I work with friends, things will get done. Give and me 24 more hours. That's it. No, it's true. John, I said sleep on it. Uh, yeah, right. you know, uh, you know, people bring me problems at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Not me. You know, I see people coming down the hallway at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. And you know what I do? What? I go the other way. That no, I know. Me. I know. I, I've actually put Emily in that position. She's like, he's tired. He's been there since it's nine. It's eight o'clock at night. I say, wait till tomorrow. It's fine. Wait till. So thank you for everything. I do love you very much. No, thank we, you. we love you and we love working together here. Thank you. Now talking about love, this lady uh, bore me fifty-five years ago today. We celebrate our birthdays together. She's become a cult favorite. Oh my God, look at that. That's uh, you'll see this after the show if you watch it on WABCRadio.tv. Many years ago. Boca Raton Magazine did a story on Mother's Day, Celebrities and Their Moms. And uh, that's me and my mother. That was 15 years ago. I look a lot better now, by the way. Udonis Haslam was in that with his mother, Dwayne Wade, a host of others. Here she is celebrating her birthday, Naomi Rosenberg. Uh, Mom, I'm here Hi. with John. Mom, say hello to John Katsimatidis. Hello, John. How are you? How I'm are you? Great. I, I love Happy you. birthday so- to you. <laughs> Happy you birthday right. to you. Happy birthday, dear Naomi. Happy birthday to you. There you go, Ma. Happy thank birthday. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. You're welcome. Tough day, but I'm going to get through it. And, uh, it was a very good day for me 55 years ago. Your daddy said, I gave you a wonderful gift. And I said, yes, you did. 
I waited a long time for you, Sydney, and uh, it was a wonderful day in my life giving birth to you. Well, let, let, you let's me a very well, well, let's set time. the record straight. Yes, you wanted a son, and you got your son, and we love each other dearly. But the truth is, that specific day when you did give birth to me, you have told a lot of people was one of the worst days of your life that you actually considered jumping out of the window because well, it was so difficult to deliver me. Terrible. Because you were ter- terrible. You didn't want to come out. You were very happy and warm in that place. Uh, but was he at least, was he at least I mean, 17 pounds? I, how, how big was Sidney? <laughs> he wasn't big. He was six pounds, six ounces. That's all? Was, That's small. That's all. Yeah. I couldn't give birth to him. Oh, my God. I wanted to jump out of the window. And my cousin was my private nurse. And she she couldn't stay with me. She had to leave the room because she was crying. She couldn't take watching me suffer like that. Mm-hmm. But you were worth it, Sidney Ferris Rosenberg. Thank you. You were worth every minute, every second of it. Well, you had two. Daddy and I very, very. I know. Happy. And you had two and girls. You had two yes. girls, my sister Olana, who have already texted me right. this morning, and my wonderful sister Ray Sherry, too. Uh, so I, be, I was the third. Of course, you had Lizzie after that, who texted me from Rome already this morning. Uh, so I was oh, the third. Was nice. Yeah, very nice. Uh, the first boy. And uh, look, the, the truth is, is uh, I think you're right, Ma, when you talk about how badly you guys wanted a boy, because me and Daddy did so many things together. All my little leagues, he was my coach and my manager and... All the sports. Well, the, the actual reason, Sidney Ferris, was because I had lost Daddy Ninny, and I was still in my 20s. Your father. And I, and I was the only one capable of having another child. Everybody else was done. I was the youngest of my four siblings. And Aunt Barbara and Aunt Beverly were having eight kids and six kids. They were done. So it was up to me to give Daddy Ninny a name. And that's why your name is Sidney, because in those days, they didn't name children Sidney. They called them Seth and Stephen and Stephen and Sean, and but that was Daddy Nanny's name. His name was Sydney. That's why your name is Sydney. I'm named so after I my grandfather. I was the only candidate yep. that yeah. could really, you know. Oh, you too. You, oh, I'm name? named after my grandfather. So you are. My grandfather came oh. here in 1913, and unfortunately, he was looking for the streets paved with gold, and unfortunately, he died in 1918 of oh. the pandemic. Oh, my God. Well, so-called pandemic slash COVID now. Right, right. No, but your father, right, now your son right. is John, too. But right. My son, I decided to make my son John. Oh, there you go. So a lot of Johns in uh, in John's family. So um, uh-huh. you say this is a tough day. You heard me play the, the happy birthday song that Daddy sang to me just a couple of months before he passed away. And this is our uh, second birthday, Mom, that we're celebrating since yeah, Daddy's yeah, gone. Yeah. But I do yeah. play that song every year, and I do uh, uh, talk to him every every uh, birthday. And uh, he's not here, but he is here. I hope you feel the same way. Well, you know, Sydney, I have his picture by my bed, and every morning I wish him good morning, and every night I wish him good night, and every day I talk to him. I don't know what I believe anymore, Sydney. I really don't, but I have to keep that because otherwise I don't know what I would do. You know, I'm... I'm just in a bad place. I miss him so bad. And uh, people say it gets better. You know what, Sidney Ferris? To me, it's getting worse. But I live in hope. And I have wonderful, you know, you have wonderful siblings and nieces and nephews. And that's what keeps me going, I guess. Well, if if he was here next to you, he'd tell you, take care of your son. Because the last thing my mother told my father, take care of our son. Is that the last thing she said? Yeah. You know, John, that's what I try to do. I try to 
you know, be, and I try not to be around weeping and crying because you know what? People don't want to be around people who are sad and morose. They really don't. People want to be around people who are up and happy and, you know, so I try to stay as much as I can by myself. It's very hard. Well, let's get. But let, it is what it is. Yeah, right. we got we got that. And uh, look, we're all very very close. We're a close family, and this has been a difficult time the last couple of years. But mom, you have become yeah. uh, sort of a cult hero on this show. No one gets the feedback that you get when you come on. I get tons right. and tons of messages. I love your mother. I love your mother. Uh, you're a Donald Trump supporter. You uh, yeah. you really despise Joe Biden. Since the last time yeah. you were on, you were you were very upset with Biden and this administration. I imagine nothing's changed, right, Mom? No, it's worse than ever. <laughs> what are you kidding? It's worse than ever. This creature in the White House, what are you kidding me? He's killing us by degrees. He's killing us every minute of every day. Look what's going on at the border. But they're getting them good now because they're busting all these people into Washington. They're going to get them. They're going to get them. Don't you worry. They're going to get them. And I mean, what's going on with this with this increase? You can't buy a bread. You can't put gas in your car. What are you kidding me? Please, this world is going to, you know, I don't want to say that. But it's going to hell in a, in a handbasket. It's just terrible. And then you get these people that come on and say, oh, it's improving. The job growth is better. Where are they? What world are these people in? Don't they listen? And the creature in the White House with all his animals that work aside him, I call them garbage humans. They're human garbage pants. That's what they are. Human garbage pants. That's what they are. See, only Naomi can go from this magical, sensitive moment where I'm getting texts from people that are saying, I'm crying. It's such a beautiful moment to that. Garbage, uh, human garbage, human people in the garbage. White House. And you're right. When no, no one here is going to disagree with you. You know that. I mean, I mean, that's the bottom line to this whole thing. I don't know what we're going to do to make things better. And what about this Kathy? Oh, this Kathy Huckle? Oh, I want to say terrible things, but I dare not. With her husband, that zillionaire who's got this stadium, where he's got all kinds of money coming in from there. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. What are you killing me? You can't make this stuff up. I mean, I, I guess she's a registered the- Republican. No, you know, she's not, though. You know, John just said, I guess she's a registered Republican. But correct me if I'm wrong, Mom, but for many years, you and Daddy voted Democrat, right? Never. Never. Oh, yeah, when Daddy Nanny was alive. Right. Because in those years, that's what people did. They were Democrats. And Daddy Nanny, being an attorney, and he was very politically influential, very political. He was big shot in the Democratic Party. But we've been Republicans, Sydney, for years and years and years. I mean, it was, I mean, actually, um, it was before Obama even that we became yeah. Republicans. Right. We've been Republicans for a very long time. Mm. We we couldn't stand what was going on with the clips. If the Democrats today are not like they were in my day, are you kidding me? Well, no, I know that. What I mean, human beings. right? They actually they were the the right minded party. I mean, John, you, you know, John, you were close with with a lot of those folks, Bill and. No, 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 listen, there was a lot of common sense Democrats. Uh, I I thought uh, John F. Kennedy, they wouldn't allow him in the Democratic Party these days if he was around. And uh, uh, even Bill Clinton, he got along with everybody. uh, But uh, in the last uh, 20 years, in the last 10 years, we've gone downhill. Yeah, terrible. Downhill. I mean, it's just been terrible, just been awful. Well, we got to listen. One thing you guys, you got to do, you got to just keep at it and at it. We have to vote, vote, vote for these midterms. Vote, vote, vote. 
people got to get out there. If and we don't, if we, we don't fix, if we don't fix it, we'll... no matter what. Right. Yes. Right. No. Agreed. Yes. I so, agree with you. So, Mike, is is uh, with a good birthday present? If I can guarantee you right now, Mom, guarantee you that Donald Trump runs again and wins again in 2024. How's that for a birthday present? That's a that's a good one. That's a good one. You know, the last time when he won, so when Daddy said he's going to win, he's going to win, and I was like in the house with Daddy, and I said, No, he's not. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. And he said, No, you'll listen to me. And he was very strong, Daddy. So you know that, Sydney. Yeah. And he would say, No, he's going to win. I says, If he wins, and it was bitter cold upstate. You know that, Sydney Ferris. Bitter cold. I said, If he wins, I'm going out in the middle of the street. Where we are, and run around naked. Oh God! Oh my God! I swear to God, it it was like it it, it was late, late, and it was bitter beyond bitter cold. I had on PJs. I took off everything, and I ran in the street naked, and I was dancing (laughs) in the street naked. I didn't know what to do with myself. Oh my God! Well, I got to be honest. I saw you do that other times when Trump wasn't even running. So. <laughs> on a Saturday night at the clubhouse, who knows what you guys uh, what you guys do? Working, working, Sydney as a nurse for Lou Inwood. I saw so many different bodies, different colors, different sizes. That to me, the anatomy was not always about sex. Right, it was about the human being. So right. I didn't care that I was naked. I wasn't right. ashamed well, how did, of my well, body anyhow. Didn't Daddy care? I mean, he didn't care. He was he was tired. He didn't care. No, he didn't. Yeah. Care. It was it was like sure. in the, like late at yeah. night, and it yeah. was like freezing cold. Sure. Who was going to be yeah. out there besides crazy Neil? You were drunk. And... So um, so mom, listen. Uh, we can't wait for you to get back from Florida to see our new house. Now you know that John. <laughs> Help me and Danielle out in a big way, in yes, a big way. I do know that, John, yes. And it was, uh, we'll always be eternally grateful for that. And Emily worked hard on that, too. So we can't wait for you to see it. It's uh, right by the water, which you love. Uh, but oh, I will I ask do. you, you, you uh, you're not allowed to run around my community naked. Not just yet. I'm only there for three weeks. So, not no, yet. No, I won't do that. I promise. Wait till I'll next summer. I'll myself for a bit. <laughs> well, if Trump wins in 2024, you can run I'll around Rockaway. I'll run again. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be out in the street again naked, guys. Oh. I'll tell you that. Well, I'm going to send you to John's house in the Hamptons. Are you okay with that, John? Right. Absolutely. The beach, the, everybody's okay. naked on the beach. Like said, the anatomy, who cares? You know, see one, see them all. Like, well, all sizes, all shapes, all kinds. All right. Well, let's go with that. Uh, well, listen, uh, happy, 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 happy. How old are you today, Mom? I don't even know. I, we, you know what? One thing you don't ask a woman: how much she weighs and how what her age is. You're my mother. I came out of your vagina. Who cares what I ask you? What are you talking about? How old are you today? I am eighty-seven years young. Oh my! Is that real? You're eighty-seven. Yeah. You are the you are the the spunkiest, most energetic, most exciting. I'm not sure we have eighty-seven uh, candles. <laughs> We don't. Well, I don't we'll think. Find, we'll find some facsimile to 87. Let me tell you something. All right. It's well, only a number. Well, I in, came it, from my mother. She lived past 90. Yes, yeah, she did. Yes, yeah, she, she did. Yeah, she and, did. And the fact of the matter is it's only a number. It's where yeah. your head is at. And, and I, you know, Sydney, yeah. how I run and I jog and I take care of myself. Yes, you do. I don't feel like I'm 87. To me, it's just a number. No, you sound great. And, uh, yes, Grandma Flory, who did uh, make it to our wedding, me and Danielle, who yeah. will celebrate 30 years in June, lived past 90. We have to let you run. I know you with Ray Sherry and Albert and the crew down in Florida celebrating your birthday. And uh, yes. I'm glad you had a chance to talk to John because you know how much I love John. Right, Mom? 
Yes, thank you. I do. I do know. And I love him, too, for being so good to you, my son. I absolutely do love him for that. And his wife. She's a lovely woman. I sat and talked to her at Gabriel's Bar Mitzvah. Oh, that's right. You met John and Margot. Yes. That's yes, right. I did. Yes. And she's a lovely, lovely woman. She I is. I was actually filling her in, like, things that were happening from Judaism into Christianity, because I, knew, I know both. Yeah. You know that. Yes, yes. So— I was filling in, uh, you know, John's wife and telling her what, what this, how this would translate what, what he was doing in Judaism, how this would translate into Very good. Christianity. Yes. He actually had an aliyah that day, John. He actually walked up to the uh, to the chuppah yes. with the Torah, yes. and uh, he's yeah. in the video right next to me and Gabriel. So the cats and matitis nice. are very special to us. Listen, I love you so much, Mom. Thank, Thank you. you. I love you more. Thank, Thank you. Thank Happy you. birthday. Thank you, John, so much. And I love you, too, for being so kind to my very special boy. All right. I love you very much. God watch you. Sydney. please be Same safe time be next well. year. Same time next year. God uh, willing. Yes. God willing. All right, yes. Mom. I love you, and uh, Daddy loves us, too, okay? Just remember that. I'm sure. I'm sure, Sydney. Have right. a good day. You, too. Bye. All right. We'll take a short break. We're going to cry, and we'll come back right after this. Talk Radio 77 WABC. My sister, Ray Sherry, is down in Florida with my brother-in-law, Albert, with my mom. She said, great segment. Okay, mommy's crying now, but you made her day. Happiest birthday wishes to two of my favorite people, my mommy and my first best boy, my brother. Uh, also, some uh, other folks, Matt Goldstein, thank you very much. I mentioned Corey Zelnick earlier. Um, just a, uh, a Lori out in uh, New Jersey. Uh, Chaz Palminteri has come back with uh, more birthday wishes. He'll be live in studio coming up at 8.40. Joe Takapina, my cousin Chad and Jean at uh, Geneva Custom Shirts, my author Johnny Russo, Frankie Kravitz. If I'm missing somebody, please, like I said, I read every single text you send me. I read every Facebook message, Sid Rosenberg, every Instagram message, at Rosenberg.Sydney, every Twitter message, at Sid Rosenberg. If I don't answer you, it's because I'm just flooded but believe me when I tell you, I read everyone. I appreciate everyone. Thank you so much. This has been a great show. John Katsimatidis has done an amazing job, and uh, you guys always do. Anyway, it is time now for Lydia Reports. This is Lydia Reports on 77 WABC. Here's Lydia Serrani. Oh, no, no, no. Well, this is for Sid. Celebrate. Uh, the story I'm going to do is not not something to celebrate. That's Maybe okay. Radicals could celebrate it, but I like this song. No, you, it's, a, it's a good way to start the segment, doing what most people are doing on this specific edition, celebrating my 55th birthday. So thank you for that. Thank you. Yes, and I was originally going to talk about the mask mandate, but then another story popped up that I don't think a lot of people know about. Another day, another violent criminal has been senselessly released onto New York City streets. 32-year-old LaVon Davis was released from prison just a month ago, but in just one half hour, so in 30 minutes, while he was on the Upper East Side between 8 a.m. and 8.30, he was on a meth fuel rampage. He randomly attacked five people with a knife, a bottle, and his fists one of the victims was so seriously injured he got stabbed in the back when he went to the emergency room the blade was still stuck in his back oh but the God. most seriously injured 
a 65-year-old guy who was knocked from behind on 96th and 2nd Avenue. So these are supposedly safe areas. This is, again, between 8 a.m. and 8.30. This guy, I know this is not going to surprise either of you, he has 27 arrests right. on his record. He was recently sentenced to three years in prison for his latest offense, but the Manhattan DA decided to just, eh, let's just release him. <laughs> so there he is out on the streets, five people senselessly injured. So it's this crime wave is not just about bail reform, in my opinion. This is about lenient judges. This is about lenient DAs. This is about this kind of whole lax approach to everything going on in the world. People need to be held accountable for bad things they do. And the city says, this is another scary statistic, just in 2022, overall major crime has jumped 41% compared to the same time last year. And on the subway, violent crime, just these past couple of months, violent, 68%. Yep. And even nonviolent crimes are way up underground. Grand larcenies up 110%. How can you, so, how can you open up the city? How can you open you. up the city if you don't fix the subway crime and if you don't fix the crime in the streets? I, I, I don't understand. I mean, nobody wants to come back. That's why people are leaving, Sid. You know, people are leaving in droves. I They're left. leaving the city. I don't yeah. like even being there anymore. I'm scared to go when I park my car at the garage. I'm scared to walk out and I walk around with my mace in my hand because you don't know who's going to come up to you. Just right there on the corner, Sid, by the way. Have you seen the crazy lady right there by the McDonald's talking yes. to herself? Yeah. She's one of three people I see on that specific corner by the 50 Hotel. Uh, that you're talking about. So, listen, uh, we talk about this all the time, and it's worth bringing up every day if there's a crime that, that we should talk about. But the bigger question is, what are we going to do about it? If Kathy Hochul and the folks in Albany are not going to change bail reform, so guys like this with 30 priors are still on the street. Eric Adams can bang his head against the wall all he wants. He can call crime units whatever he wants. He can call broken windows whatever he wants. At the end of the day, if we don't start changing legislature, it doesn't matter what the cops do, we're dead. So the question is, what are we going to do? We need to take pride in our city, first of all. There's garbage everywhere. There's graffiti everywhere. And I think Mayor Adams is underestimating just how powerful he is. John Katzmatidis beautifully coined him the nation's mayor. People will listen to him. He doesn't have to wait for anything. He is he is more he is very powerful guy. He needs to stop trying to there's a, an expression in Albanian, Mahangar Medulug. You can't eat with two spoons. He needs to just decide what lane he wants to be in. And I know what lane he wants to be in because he's a common sense kind of guy. So he needs to say to the to the legislators, he needs to say to the cops, you know what, we're, we're, we're eradicating crime. We're going, they don't have to call it broken windows. They can call it something else, proactive policing. We care more about the brown and black victims than we do about the suspects. That's it, because that's what it all comes down to. I care more, like John says, about the eight and a half million New Yorkers than the three 4,000 violent criminals. And, and we're now learning that it's a very small percentage of New Yorkers that are constantly committing the same crimes over and over and over and over. No, you're right. And uh, until we change that and, and take pride in the city, like you're talking about, very little is going to change. So um, I appreciate the, the report this morning, as always. What are you and John going to be talking about at 5 o'clock this afternoon? John, I we never know. We, we never we, know. Whatever. We never know. It's whatever the top story of the day is. That's why we, I always say this about WABC because people listen to podcasts. All of my friends, they listen to podcasts. And I said, WABC, it's like a podcast, but a hundred times better because it's live. It's not stale. 
and you will find out things on this station you won't hear anywhere True. else because we just tell the truth. That's it. True. Hey, you do a great job, Lydia. Thank you so much for the work you do with me and Bernie every morning and the work you do every afternoon with John. It's my honor. It's Thank my you. honor. Let's it's find out the to... truth and deliver the truth. That's what we That's do. That's it. Lydia, it's my you... honor to sit alongside both of you to call you. you guys colleagues. I'm not just saying that. I'm going to get the messages now that I'm kissing your ass. No, blah, no, blah, no. Blah. It's true. It's the truth. I know it's you mean truth. it. You no. are a premier broadcaster, Sid. Thank I am you. learning so much from you. Thank you. It's incredible. And God bless uh, another year around this planet. And I, I just, uh, we, we love you. Well, we love I love you, you too. Thank you, Lydia. And I know you're being very, very sincere. So for people that send you messages, there's an old Jewish expression that goes like this. F them. <laughs> uh, you can follow Lydia on Twitter, at Lydia News, on Instagram, uh, at Lydia News 1. I know Chaz Palman Terry is in studio. He's going to join me and John coming up next. He's a terrific guy. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Is it better to be loved or feared? That's a good question. It's nice to be both, but it's very difficult. But if I had my choice... I would rather be feared. Fear lasts longer than love. I say it all the time. I don't care if you're talking about The Godfather, Goodfellas, Forrest Gump. There's no movie. There's no movie we quote more on a daily basis than a Bronx tale. And I'll tell you another story. So we go for dinner Saturday night at this place, Rocco's, which is in my neighborhood now. I moved three weeks ago. The owner, Vin's a great guy, and he's got a Bronx tail on inside the restaurant. It's me, Danielle, and my beautiful little boy, Gabriel. And uh, Gabriel points to the TV and says, there's Chaz. And you know this story. Gabriel was a little boy, and he met Chaz Palminteri. Little, little boy. And I showed him a Bronx tail. And at the end, Sonny gets killed, and that's Chaz. And Gabriel started to cry, and he said, oh, my God, Daddy, they killed your friend. And I said, no, 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 no. It's just the character Chairs is alive and well. And then he met Chairs again at one of his uh, charity events with John Starks at Joe Abood's old clothing store. But to this day, Gabriel, more than any other movie ever, is, is just taken by your performance as Sonny, and he loves you to death. With that said, here he is, the star, the writer, the creator, the actor. He does it all. Our dear friend. Chaz Palminteri. Good morning, Chaz. Oh, good morning. It's nice to be here, Sid. Nice to have you. Nice to be here, guys. Uh, you've got a couple of big shows coming up. I said this to John earlier. John saw the Broadway show. He loved it. I saw the Broadway show. I loved it. Everybody loved the movie. But my contention is your one-man show is the best of that trilogy, A Bronx Tale. You've got April 30th, your 1,000th show. Wow. 1,000 shows at the historic St. George Theater on Staten Island, right next door to the baseball team that we own. So congratulations on that. Fantastic. That's great. Big night. That's great. And uh, the next day you'll be in Glenside, Pennsylvania, May the 1st, at the Keswick Theater. And you told me, and John, that on April 30th specifically, uh, the cops and Blue Lives Matter are doing something very, very big for you. That's right. Joe Patrice, who's one of the founders of Blue Lives Matter here in New York, uh, he put this whole thing together. He does so much for, uh, you know, Blue Lives Obviously, he's a, a sergeant here at NYPD, and he put this thing together where 75 uh, people who, families who lost loved ones, men and women, obviously, mm. uh, they're coming backstage, and I'm going to meet them after the show, we're going to so take nice. photos, and it's, uh, you know, you just try to do so much for these people. They they sacrifice so much. I mean, obviously, um, the ultimate sacrifice is giving one's life, and uh, you try to have, 
give them some comfort. You know, there's nothing you could say to make them feel better, but they could have, they could smile at least and have some comfort. Agreed. I uh, and I know that you care so much about the city and the people in this city because you do all these things all the time and you serve this city well, Chaz. Not just acting and doing these shows, but if you want to get yourself a uh, a really good veal parmesan or a really good steak. <laughs> Uh, your restaurant uh, in the theater district, Chaz Palminteri's, is terrific. You've got one up in Westchester, too. And uh, not that long ago, we celebrated Columbus Day. John, in fact, uh, held a big press conference uh, right before Columbus Day with uh, Angelo Vivolo and a host of others. Right. And you were kind enough to allow us to do that this year, right before Columbus Day, from your great restaurant in the theater district, which I know does very, very well. Yeah, no, it's been really, it's been, you know, thank God COVID's over. And now it's really, it's coming on strong again. And my restaurant in White Plains, 264 Main Street, is coming on strong. So, you know, we have a great restaurant. We, you know, I always say, hey, it's got to be great food. My name's on it. Right. You know, because Italians, they will tell you. <laughs> they would say, what is this? You know, you know right. what is right. this? Right. So they tell you. So no, I they make do. sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I actually went, uh, Danny DeVito, many years ago, uh, bought uh, a place down in South Florida, in South Beach. And uh, him and uh, Rosasco bought it. And it was uh, Angelo's, uh, something like that. And uh, I went there with the whole Sopranos cast. It was the day after the last episode ever. We all went except for Gandolfini. He was angry about the last episode. He went home. But it was me and Van Zandt and and, uh, Sirico and Chiripa. And Chiripa stands up at one point, and he was eating a rice ball. But they called it a meatball. And Chiripa said, hey, Danny. You call this an effing meatball right in front of about a thousand people in the right. restaurant? That was Italian on Italian Absolutely. prime. Absolutely, yeah, Italian prime, man. That's <laughs> it, man. That's it. That's what I love. So you you like a, a great Italian restaurant, John? I mean, I know you do. I love Italian food. Yes. Have you been I'll to his you, restaurant? Yet? I used to eat Italian food. That's why I was overweight. I used to love veal parmesan. That was your favorite. Me too. Absolutely. Have you been oh. to his place in the theater district yet? Yes, I've been there. Great, right? And, and the food is great, and. Uh, it's just a place to be seen. It's a, yeah, a lot of a lot of some celebrities come in there, and it's yeah. real. It's really nice, you know. And I enjoy being there. I feel like Tootshaw. Hey, come on in. You well, know? you're like Tootshaw, and people expect you to be there when they go. Yeah, there. well, I'm not there all the time, but I'm there a lot. Like yeah. I'm going to stop by today. Like I, I do my interviews there, my meetings there. I say, well, meet me in my restaurant. So I do that there. What about your Monday podcast, which I watch every week? You don't do it from there. You should do it from there once in a you while. You know what? I. You don't mind? I keep forgetting that. You're right. You're right, yeah. Sid. My, yeah. my podcast is really blown up. I'm really excited about it. It's very good. Chaz Palminteri Show. And I'm, you know, if people want to come and see the one measure, go to chazpalminteri.net, and you'll see my schedule for the whole year. Now, you said to me, you were listening on the way in to my mother, yes, uh, Naomi, who loves you too, by the way, like my son Gabriel and Danielle does. You know, very right. close to my wife. And you said, I have a message for your mother. Now, what is that? Well, the message for your mom is that she said, well, you know, I hope it's real. I hope there's something that, you know, I hold on to it. It keeps me going. And I just want to tell her it's a true story, and I, I hope I have time to tell. It's only a minute, a few minutes. And that is 30 years ago, 30 years ago, I was in uh, ICU. I had throat cancer 30 years I ago. I didn't know that. Yeah, 30 years ago. Oh, my God. And I, I don't tell the story too often. But they found a tumor in my neck really fast. It was really small. And they, it, a masseuse found it, and it was the most unbelievable thing. I didn't need any chemo, anything. But I had, they got operated on. I, they took it out, and I was in intensive care. And I, my friend was holding my hand, who just lost his mother four weeks ago. I remember because my, my wife took a break, and he took her place 
because she had, wanted to get something to eat. And he just happened to be there, and he was holding my hand. And all of a sudden, I saw this vision of a woman, and it was a cloud. in, in my. I, I just was like dreaming of something. And a woman in a cloud looked at me and said, and I recognized it was his mother. Oh, my God. I recognized her because I met her before. Yeah. And she said to me, she said, please tell my son, please tell him to stop crying because he was crying every day. I mean, you couldn't talk to this guy wow. every day. And she said, please tell my son, Chaz, to stop crying because the only way I could be let go, I could let go, is if he loves me. If he wants, if he, if the best thing he could do is please, please stop suffering and make and be happy because then I'll keep be happy and I could go. Wow. And she was wearing these little granny glasses. Listen to me. And, and then she and then she turned her head and then came back and put the glasses down. She says, "Oh, and by the way, Chaz, you're going to be fine." And and she was right. I was fine. I did three movies that year. Wow! And you know, will you have her go visit Bernie, please? Yes. Yeah, that's, well, that's a good idea. By the way, you're I right know. about that. I mean, John, she, that's a she great said, idea. You're going to be fine. And she, and she turned. Then I I woke I woke up and I told this guy that and he started crying and I said to him. Does your mother wear little? I never seen your mother. He goes, no, she don't wear glasses. He goes, but she has these granny glasses that she wears, like half. And I told him the story. He started crying. And you know what? And he got himself together, and she was at peace, and she went. I'm telling you, true. I I I believe that stuff now. My hand to God, I should Uh, uh, I should die right now. No, I believe that stuff now. I do. I never did before, but I told you this story too. Though my dad, before he died, years before that, came down with E. coli. And it shut down his whole system. Uh, they thought he, he was in a coma and went to visit him in a hospital in Westchester. Right. Eight years before he died, or seven years. And everything shut down. They thought he had a, a heart attack. They thought he was di- whatever right. it was. And um, I remember I had to drive from Boca Raton to New York to go see him. I couldn't drive. Danielle ended up doing the driving. But we were driving through North Carolina. I'll never forget this because we stayed at a father's house one night in Charlotte. And he lives in, in North Carolina. And I'm driving from North Carolina, Danielle is, to New York. And I see this big sign. And it says... Jesus will save you. I'm Jewish. Right. I don't believe Jesus is a great guy. Right. Not a God. I look at that, at that sign. I go, listen, I don't know if you're God or not. I don't care. Help me. And my father was out of the coma in three days. Wow. And I swear to you, I believe. I believe. I'm I telling believe, you. Yeah. I am yeah. telling you it's, it's true. It happens. It's it not an accident. You know, look, does he say yes all the time? No. No, but sometimes God says no. But a lot of times, if you really, you know, pray, sometimes God says you yes. Believe that, I, I John, do right? believe, no, yeah. I do believe there was a creator. Yes. There's a creator. We are, are complex. We're very, very complex. Somebody created us. We're not an accident. Absolutely. And, you know, whether you want to call him God, whether you want to call him Jesus, or whether you want to call him Muhammad, or whatever you exactly. want to call him. But there is a Derek belief. Jeter. There's a belief somebody created us, and I believe that somebody did create us, and uh, I think they're watching over us, too. Absolutely, John. There's spiritual forces in the There's definitely spiritual forces in the air. So, uh, you know, there's spiritual forces, and I think if you hook onto those spiritual forces and do good, good things happen. And I got to tell you guys, and especially John, John, I have to tell you this that, you know, know, people, you buy a lot of things, and you, but what I love about you is the good that you do, because the world is not about income, it's about impact. Mm. And, and John, you, you have an impact. You do things, and you have an impact. And you too, Sid, and Bernie, God bless him. 
and that is every morning you you have a voice for people to hear mm. for people so you try to say the good things like you're trying to help america you're trying to help new york yeah. you're trying to clean up new york we it's, have to clean up new york we got to clean our mission is to clean up new york but you're right about you're John. Right, John. You're, see, I didn't know him. I was in Boca. I didn't know him. Right. He ran for mayor in 2013. And I told this story. I, I'm very <laughs> honest about it. When he bought the station, I was scared to death. I thought it was done. Yeah. This guy, he's not a big sports fan. He doesn't know me from WFAN. He doesn't right. know Sid Rosenberg. He likes Sean Hannity. Uh, who the hell knows? Right. So I said, oh, my God, I'm finished. And uh, that was only a couple of years ago. Now, if I tell you how close, we, and you know this, Chance, right. you know, we, we are so close. We're big, we're, we could be brothers, father and son. Right. And, and it's not because he's worth a couple of billion. I don't care. I don't care. It's because of what you're talking about. Exactly. If you go to John and, and, and he loves you and you want his help with something, I'm telling you, he may I, tell you to wait 24 hours. I, I'm, the same, <laughs> I'm the same person when I went. When I grew up on 135th Street, yeah, when yeah. I went to Brooklyn Tech, when I went to NYU, yeah. I'm still the same person. Well, that's why you do what and you I'm, do. I'm still in friends with my, my the friends I went to at, at, uh, uh, at grammar school, still friends with the kids I went to high school with. I believe that. And so, are you. so am I. So, we so am I. Every right. year we get together. We have 25 of us. We have dinner at my well, home. I mean, you're a guy that, that is at the top of your field. You know, Robert De Niro asked you to be in the movie, let's be honest, and uh, you're the same exact way. You tell stories about handing out baseballs and your father at Yankee Stadium. You make me cry every time you tell those stories, and what a great father you are, too. Now, I know that Monday, for example, I'm going to shoot a scene for uh, Gravesend at Michael's in Brooklyn. You're going to be there that day with yes. uh, Paul Ben Victor yes. and uh, Vinnie Pastore, big yes. pussy. Uh, but forget about you being in Gravesend, which is great. You're already a big star. The fact that your daughter, who's a rising star in Michigan, is in that show too, My and on her Gabriella, way to, yes. yeah, she's she's going to be a major star. That that little she girl. is, and she's been she's been doing it a year now. I I came in after her, right? Know? So right. It's, it's been great. Yes. How, how cool is that to actually it's be in the great. same show with your daughter? Yeah, it's been great. Both my children, you know, I put I put that card. The saddest thing in life is wasted talent. I put it in their room when they were very small. It's still there in both of their rooms. You know, they moved out obviously, but when they get old, as they grew up, they kept seeing it, and I kept saying, "See that card? Don't forget that card." And my son graduated the top musical school in, in Boston, He's Berkeley. He's a great kid. And my daughter uh, is going to University of Michigan right now. I'm doing great. And, and, of course, he's got two wonderful kids with AJ and John Jr. And my two kids, Ava and Gable. And don't kid yourself. When I tell you that I had my difficulties, and you know them as well as anyone, yeah. fired for DUIs and public humiliation, newspapers, poor Danielle. Don't think that time and time again I didn't have in the back of my mind that, that statement that you made in that movie, Wasted Talent. Right. Because I was told that many times, Sid, you have become the epitome of that. You've yes. got more talent than you I told you that years ago. I too. know you did. I said, come on now. Get it together here. I mean, yeah. This is crazy here. And you did. Well, Steve. I did. Thank you. you. Did. But, but it is. I, 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 I will end this where we started, which is of all the great movies in movie history, when you sat down that time and you wrote that script for a Bronx Tale, which again has turned into a movie, a one man show, and a Broadway show, right. you could never have imagined that whether it's Mickey Mantle don't care about you, now you can't leave, right. wasted talent. There's 10 lines, Chaz, in that movie that we still use every single day. Every day. Every time I get on a plane, as soon as they shut the door, I hear the pilot go, now you can't leave. Swear to God. Every time. <laughs> Every time. Every oh, time I go to a nightclub, a restaurant, I walk in the door. The guy walks over and he goes, come here, Chaz. Come on in. I come in and shuts the door. He goes, now you just can't leave. I go, oh, great? God. Isn't that great? I got guys yelling on the street for me. Hey, Chaz, throw him in the bathroom. Oh, oh mush, mush. Mush. Right, right. Then I go, Chaz, this is my wife. She passed the test. <laughs>
I hear that. I hear this all the time, yeah. every day, yeah. and it's great. It, it is great. And the one thing it. Gabe also talked about Saturday, because he goes to a school that's predominantly black on the Upper West Side. He's, right. he's the white kid in the class, you know. And uh, the, the way the movie, in today's society, with all the issues, Black Lives Matter, right. and this constant back and forth, go watch A Bronx Tale, where you got a kid who grows up in a tra- traditional Italian home, yes. where the last thing they ever want, those parents, is to be with a black girl, right. and he falls in love with this black young girl, and it turns out to be a, a beautiful love story of how, guess what, folks, a white boy and a black girl can still fall in love. Absolutely. And nobody went nuts. Yes, like, absolutely. I mean, the, and the, by the way, the kids that did get nuts about it, they ended up dying in the car. Exactly. Well, you always have people that, you know, are going to say something about that. But, you know, what are you going to do? I mean, that's the way it is. You yeah, know? yeah. That's that's just how it goes. But just the, brilliant work. Just well, brilliant. I, pre- I appreciate that. I'm, I, God. I'm, I'm proud of the one-man show. As much as I love the movie and I, as much as I love the musical, which I wrote, the one-man show, because it's the essence of how it started. The best. And that's why people said, how are you going to do a movie on stage? And I said, yo, you watch. And I did it, and I won all the awards, and, and it broke me as a star. It's the best of the three. I don't know how the hell you do it. I watch, and I've seen it now twice live. It's amazing. You do. He does every character, folks. Every single character. Yeah, 18 characters. You pull it off. It's just it's an amazing show. Again, folks, check him out. April the 30th, his 1,000th show at the historic St. George Theater in Staten Island. And here's the beauty about your show. It doesn't matter if you saw it already. You can see it five times, ten times. It's great every single time. Also, the next day, May the 1st, in Glenside, Pennsylvania, the Keswick Theater. And um, have you have you seen his one-man show yet, John, you and Margot? John's no, got to come not. and see it. Oh, I, I, I saw come. the original, the play. Yeah. That you guys you, you, what, one day, Sid, you got to bring him. Anytime yeah. you see my schedule. I enjoyed the play. It was great. I, I'm going right. to do that. Me, Danielle, John, and Margot are going to come see you You'll do be the, my the guest. one-man show. My guest. I'd you, love yeah. to. Hey, thank you for coming in today. It was my pleasure. And you tell your mom... Believe because, but tell her stop crying. Tell her to be, tell her to be positive because the more positive she is, the more good vibes your dad will feel. That I'm telling you, it works. I believe you, and she's still listening right now, and she loves you too. Thank you so much. That is the incredibly talented and beautiful Chance Palminteri with another amazing appearance here on the Bernie and Sid in the Morning Show on my birthday, which is very very special. One more hour to go on this special birthday edition of Bernie and Sid. We'll be back, John Katzmatidis and Sid Rosenberg, right after these. Short messages. Happy birthday, dear Sid. Oi. Happy birthday to Talking about iconic moments in movie history with Chaz Palminteri, we can all see John Cusack 
holding up the boombox. Yes, I did say boombox. I had boomboxes back then with Ioni Sky in her bedroom playing this song, In Your Eyes by Peter Gabriel, in the great 80s classic Say Anything. Uh, Lou, you're shaking your head. Didn't you love that movie? Wasn't that great? You know what? I love that movie. You know what's in that movie? Iconic John Cusack. Yes, and you know who played Ioni Sky's father in that movie? Yeah, uh, uh, Mahoney, John Mahoney. Very good from the show Frasier. That is an excellent job out okay, of you. Okay, now if you could tell me this, yeah. who was Iona Sky's? Who went out with Iona Sky in real life? In musician? real life, how many guesses do I get? You get three. Imus. Uh, it was close, but no. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a, a a New York rapper. A New York rapper. Yeah. Uh, it's not going to be Big E. No. No, no, no. No, no, no. Think, uh, think, think Brooklyn. Think Brooklyn. I don't know. No idea. One of the Beastie Boys. Oh, Adam. Uh, Adam Horowitz. Adam. Adam Horowitz. He's dead, right? He died of cancer. No, no. The, uh, the, the other, other one died. Oh, the MCA died. Okay. I forget. Well, there you yes. go. There's some trivia questions. No trivia for you. That's great. Thanks, job out of you. As always, Lou Rufino. Uh, special thanks to former ESPN head, who I saw a couple of weeks ago at a big dinner that John invited me to. And my dear friend Leslie Visser received the Lifetime Achievement Award. The great Tim McCarthy checking in this morning, wishing me a happy birthday. Good morning to you, Timmy. Talking about great people wishing happy birthday. He uh, has been a friend of mine for almost 30 years. He was an IMAS favorite. He is a Bernie and Sid favorite for sure. And uh, even had a show on this station on Saturdays for a while. As far as I'm concerned, he's the greatest men's fashion designer in the history of the business and no bigger Boston Red Sox fan in the world than the great Joseph Aboud. Joseph, it's John Katsimatidis and Sid Rosenberg. How are you, buddy? Good morning, John and Sid. And Sid, a very, what a great show, a very special happy birthday. You know, those of us who love you know the trials and tribulations. And, uh, you know, Naomi was brilliant today. She gets top billing. And uh, what a great day. So happy birthday, my dear friend, Sid. Thank you. And uh, you've been such an integral part of my life and Danielle and Naomi and Gabe and Ava, my whole family for the last 25 yeah. years. Uh, and I tell you, I mentioned you yesterday because we kind of got our relationship going again when Danielle ran the Boston Marathon back four or five right. years ago. And, uh, man, I was watching you on Nesson, and yesterday you were back there, Patriots Day, and I brought it up with yeah. Bernard. Hard to believe that Friday, last Friday, was nine years since that tragic day, the Boston bombing. Right. So what was uh, Patriots right. Day like in Boston nine years later yesterday? Yeah, you know, Sid and John, it was an amazing day to be in Boston. It is a state local holiday, as you know, uh, but it felt like the world was normal. And when they played the national anthem and I stood up and I saw that flag and I sent this to you, it felt like this was America. And uh, it was a really wonderful experience. It was a beautiful day. You know, they play that game at 11 o'clock in the morning. And as the game finishes, the runners come by, the, the leaders uh, of the marathon. It was really, really very special. And uh, I, I just I love how that represents America. And I know, John, you talk about how great this country is. And it's moments like this that you feel so special and so privileged to be an American. Well, and of course, especially when the American people gather together and, and, right. and are proud to be Americans. And that's what we have to save. This November, we have to save those feelings. And yes. uh, that's yeah. a, look, you're an immigrant. I am an immigrant. Uh, uh, yeah. Since uh, uh, grandparents were immigrants, and 
And we have to save America because somebody is trying to tear us down. John, we're probably close in age, and my grandparents came over to give our family a better life, to accept an American way of life. And they always said to my parents, first generation, always said, work hard, say yes, sir, no, sir, and you'll get ahead in life. There's nothing that's going to stop you. And that's such a wonderful sentiment. And days like Patriot's Day in Boston, you really feel that way. You really feel how blessed we are. And um, and, and to you, John, really the, the new vitality that you brought to WABC, your uh, your lineup, your 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 messages, uh, of course, Bernie and Sid being so great. Now Naomi is, as I said, top billing. <laughs> um, you have you have a wonderful station that I really look forward to every day. And of course, I listen when I'm away in Boston on the app. So um, keep up the great work. And uh, well, again, Joe, thank you the all, good news is the good news is someday soon I'll be able to fit into some of your clothes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, on a serious note, well. no, on a serious note, I saw a picture because uh, I like to post pictures a lot, you know, Joe, and we have some beautiful yeah. pictures of you and I dressed in your clothing. Yeah. I saw a picture yeah. of me and John dating back to about the time he bought the station, March of uh, yeah. a couple of years ago, and and you did, you've lost a lot of weight since that picture. I don't know how much you've lost, John, but you've lost a significant amount of weight. That's what it looked oh, like a, picture, a lot. That picture, at least 50 pounds. At least 50 pounds, right? Well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, I must say that I love veal parmesan too. So, <laughs> I love veal parmesan. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's a danger. I and I love Italian food, and uh, it's just you know, it, it's just living life and let people live. You know, one of the things too about yesterday that I noticed, nobody said they were a Democrat or a Republican. Nobody put out there were there were Asian families and black families, and 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 it was just such a special day of being Americans. And we were sort of united in a way that made everybody feel good about being there. Yeah. And I just wish that would spill over yeah. into everything else we do, uh, especially here in New York City, because yeah. we need that. We need the mayor to step up. And, and this crime is terrible. But, you know, it's a great city, and we've got to get it back to where it was. Well, that's why sports is so great. And as I say that, I just received a happy birthday message from a guy we all love, who you talk about being the best in the business. That's Mike Breen. There is no better basketball announcer. Oh, Hall of Famer best. Mike Breen, the voice of the Knicks in the NBA playoffs, just texted me, happy birthday, happy for your success. And he's a guy that uh, talks to me all the time. I mean, I- I'll never forget yes. when I first uh, met Imus. It was, it was a weekday at Rockefeller Center, and uh, Mark Chernoff said to me, go meet Imus. I said, no way. I'm scared to death. <laughs> and uh, the first person I saw I was sitting there in the gallery as I-Man was on the air. And it was Mike Green. And I said, Mike, you don't know who I am. My name is Sid. And he was so kind and so nice. It didn't matter whether I was Sid Rosenberg or Jeff Van Gundy. He spoke to me as if he knew me for 25 years. And I said, Mike, yeah. I need your advice. What should I do? And he said, Sid, I'm going to give you one word. I said, what's that, Mike? He said, run. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, look at how he's just the best uh, at what he does. He's a brilliant I and mean, he's great. I, I watched the, of course, the Celtics game, which was an exciting finish. And um, he's the best. Mike is simply the best. He really is. So <laughs> you, you, you're blessed because you're surrounded by so many great people 
that's a birthday present. No, that is. really are That is. care about you. Well, I appreciate that, and I am. And, again, Bernard sent me a text at, literally, I showed it to John first thing this morning, 12.01 a.m. The first text I got was from Bernie wishing me a happy birthday. And, again, he'll be back on Monday as he continues. You talk about a battle, Red Sox, Celtics. This one's for real. And uh, Bernie continues to show how courageous he is uh, every single day. So, uh, so on the way out here, Joseph, uh, again, is a guy that, ha- that means so much to me, so much to me. Uh, the special day yesterday with the Red Sox, the Celtics and the Nets, uh, they get going tomorrow. And in your life, where you have mm-hmm. uh, risen to the very top of your field and done all these terrific things, is it still fair to say that nothing, nothing outside of your, your children, more enjoyable mm-hmm. to you than a good baseball game or any afternoon involving sports? It's it's true. You know, it's our way of escaping, and it is America. And I love it, and I hope people embrace it. And uh, you guys have an amazing day. John, again, thanks for all you do. And, and Sid, we love you. Happy birthday. Uh, thank you so much. We love you, too. The great Joseph Abood. And uh, you are right there, John. You are right there to wearing. This is one of his jackets, by the way. Now, this is a Geneva custom-made shirt, Gene. And you know who he is. He's Greek. And he's been, I guess he's dealt with you before. He's right over here on like 56th and 5th. Well, you're right in the same regions. Yes. He was in the same regions. Yes, exactly right. That was his father, I think, right? I think. But either way, this is an Abu jacket. And it would look, and I like, see, your outfit today, you are sporting the light blue with the black. You look very, very nice. I like that look. Well, my wife dresses me. She, I, I, was gonna, I didn't want to say that, but did Margo put that together? Yes. I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. Well, you look like a million bucks. Look like a million bucks. I lost money? No, no, you look like you didn't lose any money. <laughs> well, you should say I look like a billion dollars. <laughs> oh, you're right. Four billion. I lost money. <laughs> oh, my God. That's funny. I, I can only imagine if you have a bad day, bad day of business. Well, actually, you, but you don't. Do you get angry? Do you get, like, really angry? You, you can't. You just have to, you know, you try not to think. of You ride the waves. Yeah. And that's what it's all about, riding the waves. Yeah. And, uh, and you have good days, you have bad days, and you can't, you know, when you have a bad day, you know what you do? You say to yourself, there'll be better days to come, because you want to know something? There was always better days to come. You seem pretty, pretty. I don't know, mild-mannered, pretty even-keeled. I mean, for somebody who's dealing with oil business, supermarkets, radio Otherwise, station. Otherwise, you're going to get high blood pressure. You don't want that. You don't want it. You've never had that, have you? You've had other difficulties. I medical. mean, you know, when I, if I weigh 50 pounds more, you get high yeah. blood pressure. <laughs> I do notice this about you from the time I met you the last couple of years. You're much more in tune with your health. Like you, you, you're, you have the doctor on all the time. You're constantly talking about it. When you it. reach a certain age, what is that age? That age. When you reach a certain what age, age is that? You don't want to say it, do you? Because then, because then, old then you, you, you already said I'm. Uh... You're 35 or 40 or 50. How old are you? <laughs> no, but there is a certain age. Like because because I'm at 55 today, which is still yeah. relatively young. Um, and it doesn't bother me yet. Age. Age doesn't bother but me But there's yet. two ages. Okay, what are they? There's a calendar age. Mm-hmm. And what Dr. Michalos will tell you, uh, he's on our show all the time. He's great, yeah. Uh, there's a biological age. Okay. That means you could be X age, you could be 70 years old, uh, calendar-wise, but your body has the capability, if you take care of it, to be biological age of 60. Okay. Well, you know who was on yesterday? The former Ranger great Ron Duguay, who's dating Sarah Palin. And uh, he's 65 years old, and he looks, and his body acts as if he's 40. So Otherwise, Sarah Palin wouldn't have him. 
you're right about that. So <laughs> I know right I'm about right that. about that. Yeah. Do you know her? Has she been on your show I've before? Met her. No, I met her uh, many years ago. Many years ago. She's cool. I like her. Yeah. She, she went, but you well, talk she's about. She's going to run for Congress. She's got Trump's endorsement. So she's going to win. So she'll probably win in, in Alaska. Right. But the bad news, you have to live there. Uh, I know. Who the hell wants? <laughs> it's funny you say that. Danielle brought that up. She's like, because she heard, him on, heard her on with Ron Duguay. She thought it was a great interview. She's like, who, who lives My there? My son went fishing up in Alaska, and it's beautiful country. He went fishing? Yeah. It, it's beautiful country up in Alaska, and uh, the, a, lot of, a lot of good people there. And, you know, we only bought Alaska for what? What was it? Forty million dollars. Nothing, nothing. Exactly. You yeah. know what the best deal that the Trump, Yankees paid a The best more. deal that Trump didn't do. The best deal that Trump didn't do. I know this. He could have bought um, one of the. Uh, Gad, you tell me. One of the Greenland. Countries. Greenland. That's right. Six hundred million dollars. They piss away six hundred million dollars in worse things. I know. I mean, could you imagine what you know? They'd be talking about him a hundred years from now, and say. Greenland, wow, for only six hundred million. Yeah, well, a hundred years from now, it will be called Trumpland because he puts his name on everything. You'd have to change <laughs> the name. <laughs> but uh, did you consider? But that would have been a good deal. Well, did you consider actually buying Greenland? You could afford it. No more kidding aside. You, you, you want to know something? Denmark didn't want to sell it. I think Denmark owns it. But you actually said that to me and Bernie back then. Yeah, yeah they never really were serious about selling it, right? Well, yeah, but um, at a certain price, they sell. Everybody's. Like at a certain price, you could buy everybody. Yep. Right? I mean, that's why Elon Musk, forty-three billion for Twitter. If he goes to fifty, John, or sixty billion, eventually Twitter's going to have to succumb. No. Well, this, you know, for whom do the bells toll? The board of directors are supposed to be working for the goodness of the shareholders, right? And not because they want to, uh, not create. They created a woke culture at Twitter. They, but they want to maintain their culture, which is not to the benefit of the shareholders. Right. Because they don't make enough money. Twitter is very badly run. Very, very badly run. And uh, uh, I'll, I'll give you the number. $43 billion for Twitter. Mm-hmm. Facebook was worth five, six, seven hundred billion. Why should there be such a disparity, $43 billion there's 700 big. I know. It's that big of a difference. It's that big of a difference. Wow. Well, Mark Zuckerberg, that uh, that explains it. Um, do you think that eventually— Well, Mark Zuckerberg is getting hit, too, uh, and I think it's down to about uh, 500 or 400. It was up to 900. Oh, 500 million now? Yeah. And he also spent— don't Billion. Forget, he also spent you a know, million. No, I know. A billion. 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 Right. He, how, how much did he spend— on the last presidential $400 race? $400 million. Dollars. Right, right. Know, was it his personal money or was it uh, to hire all these people to pick up votes unsolicited from people mm-hmm. and they threw away the ones they didn't like? That's the answer. They kept what they liked. Correct. And they turned in what they liked. That's exactly right. Yep. And they did it in five key states. Okay. Let me guess. Pennsylvania, so, Georgia, yeah, Wisconsin, <laughs> yeah. you know. Arizona. Uh, okay. Let me tell you something. They did it in five key states. Yeah. It's the biggest con game played on the American people in the world. And I don't know how much of a difference that made, but it probably did make a difference, especially, you know, in those five key states, the difference in voting for between Democrats and Republicans was only like 60,000 mm-hmm. votes. Mm-hmm. So how many got thrown away? 
Uh, more than 60,000. Who knows? Yeah, that's the answer Nobody right knows. there. 1-800- you know, Greg Moreno will be talking about it at 3 o'clock in the morning in about 30 years. <laughs> you got it. 1-800-848-WABC. 1-800-848-9222. Been a great show. So many people stopping by with uh, thoughts on just about everything from Bo Deedle to Naomi Rosenberg. My mother was terrific. Chaz Palminteri, Chad Lopez, Joseph Abood. Bernie is out until Monday. John Katsimatidi is doing an amazing job sitting beside me this morning. Still have about uh, 39 minutes to go. Maybe we'll hit the phones at one point. Keep it right here, the Tuesday edition of Bernie and Sid in the morning with John Katsimatidis and me, Sid Rosenberg. Talk Radio 77 WABC. about you now Back 927 we're going to show beat Bernie today Bernie's not here and uh, we do play beat Sid when he's not here but not today it's my birthday we got John in studio we're having a great and time. And I can't remember anything, so I, I don't know. What, <laughs> I can't beat anybody. I'll ask you this, though. You can't remember anything. I mentioned earlier, you know, my daughter Ava just called me. She's uh, she's away on vacation with her boyfriend, Toby. They were in Florida for a week. Now they're in uh, South Carolina. And uh, she'll be home on Thursday, and I miss her. I know you, your daughter uh, just celebrated her birthday two days before me, right? Was, uh, her birthday was April 17th. Yeah. See, and, uh, there's no wonder she's great, AJ. She's an Aries I like I am. Soon. She was in Miami. I think she came back last night. Oh, she did. So she's an Aries like me. That's why she's brilliant. She had a, your daughter at a stage to where she rather celebrate uh, birthdays with her friends instead of her father. Oh, don't get me going. Her boyfriend. So this oh. is causing a whole big Megilla because oh. because last week she was in Florida during Passover. This week during my birthday, she's in South Carolina. So well, Danielle's got the same upset. Problems. I know. I know. Listen, the more you and I do shows together and talk off the air, AJ and Ava, they're almost the same. They're almost they're beautiful. They're brilliant. We're blessed having both of them, and they're both methodically ripping our hearts out and killing us. Methodically. Chuck. Yep. yep. <laughs> you go young. Daughters are tough. <laughs> Daughters are tough. Right, the boys are easy. Right? The but John the Jr. gave boys easy. Are great kids. Easy, right? Yes. Now, when I was a kid, I told you this earlier in the show, I remember going to Buddy's. And what Buddy's was, John, was Knapp Street, Brooklyn. I know you know Brooklyn very well. You've got those beautiful, and I mean beautiful buildings, which I've got the keys for 22A, Ocean Drive in Coney Island. And I saw this great color promo in the New York Post last week. You want to uh, spend uh, your summer on the beach in a beautiful building with a guy and a girl downstairs and a new pool and a new gym overlooking the beach at a very reasonable price, go check out Ocean Drive in Coney Island. But when I was a kid, a lot of my birthday parties were at a place called Buddy's, which is right by the Burger King where that was on Knapp Street in Brooklyn. Do you remember uh, when you were a kid where your mom and dad would celebrate your birthday? Did you have like a, a special place, John, where... You celebrated birthdays now, as a kid? No. We grew up on the poor side of town. We were on 135th Street on a uh, six-story walk-up. We lived on the third floor. And what did your dad do again? And my father 
he didn't speak English well because he came in uh, uh, from the other side. Right. And so he, he was a busboy at Longchamps. Is that what he did? On 42nd Street and Lexington Avenue, every time I drive by 42nd and Lex, that corner, mm. I wave at my father. Oh, my God. I'm on that corner every day but because that, that's, a, that's a Grand Central Station. When he came to America, uh, his brother signed for him. And if he didn't pay his bills, his brothers would have to. So he worked seven days a week. My father spoke fluent Italian. So on Saturday and Sunday, he would go to Astoria and get, he has a job as a waiter in an Italian restaurant. Huh. And he'd work seven days a week not to be able, uh, not to have to pay, uh, not pay the bills. And wow. he worked hard. Can I tell you? And that's you, where I got my work ethic from. Well, when you've got a great work ethic. Now, why? He was from Greece, right? He was in Greece, but those islands were part of Italy. Oh, right, right. And that's why I'm a member of the, of the Columbus Club. Right. I'm 28% Italian, and I was born on an island. I were, oh, no, I was conceived on the island when it was Italian, but I was born, the Brits gave it back to, gave it back to Greece. Right. So you're a little bit of both. You're Italian and Greek. Now, did your mom work too, or just your father? Oh, my God. That's a different story for a different day. Uh, my mother, uh, I bought a car. I, I cashed in my child's life insurance policy that my father had when I was 18, and I got $800. Wow. And I bought a blue V6 Buick Special to be able to drive up to, to college, but it cost $28 a a month to put it in the garage on 135th Street. 28 bucks a month. And my mother says, I'm going to go to work as a job to, to pay for your garage. Oh, bill. my God. And, and she worked for two weeks, and she got a paycheck for $28. I made her quit. She only got $14 Could you a week. imagine working 40, 40 hours? No. And, and the net was $28? No. No. But I tell you what, uh, all those multimillionaire basketball players that wear those fancy sneakers... There's a lot of labor right now in China that make less than that, that make LeBron James sneakers. And maybe that's why LeBron James is never critical of China, even though, as we speak, they've unleashed a deadly virus on us and the rest of the world, and they're trying to figure out how to wipe us off the map. So that, that makes all the sense in the world. They actually make less there than your mother made you know, who knows, 50, 60 years ago, which is uh, hard to believe. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Oh, another great song, Billy Joel. Lou, you've been great. Yeah, you're always great. Lou Rafino is uh, the best ever at running the board. Here we are in the Bernie and Sid in the morning show again. Bernie sent me such a beautiful message at exactly 12.01 a.m., my first birthday message today. And he'll be out until Monday. Once again, he's going through it, more chemotherapy. He thinks this will be the last one. We're not sure. In fact, they're even considering adding radio radiation to the uh, chemotherapy. So it's a. Uh, this has been a much more difficult battle. I'll never forget the morning. It was December when uh, it was right before the show, about five minutes before, and he was clutching at his crotch. And I said, Bernie, will you stop playing with yourself? And he said, <laughs> I swear to God. And he said, Sid, it's burning. It's killing me. I go, what is? What's going on? He goes, every time I urinate, every time I, I go, oh, my God, we, you must have a urinary tract infection. You have all the, all the symptoms of a UTI. He's like, yeah, I think so, too. But 
I got to check it out just to make sure. I remember that morning so vividly. And since then, it just feels like he's been in one chemotherapy session after another. So uh, on my birthday, my, uh, my, when I blow out the candles later on today, and I'm going to give it away, uh, my first wish will be for a, um, a speedy recovery. Uh, today's been a tough day. It's my birthday, and, and the show's been amazing. And my friend John Katsimatidis has been not good, great. But uh, talking to my mom and playing my father, singing me happy birthday, and Bernie uh, going what he's going through today, it, it just... Uh, it hasn't been uh, easy, easy, but it, it does it does put everything in its proper perspective, and for what it's worth, uh, makes you Bernie, appreciate. Bernie, come life back! More. I can't work two shifts forever. Uh, yeah, it's a lot of work for you. Because by the way, not only are you working two shifts, John. I got to okay? run seven companies in between. Right, right. You've got a ten o'clock meeting, eleven o'clock meeting, one o'clock meeting. I mean, I, I, listen. I'll be honest with you. The first time I met Imus, I was terrified. I was terrified, scared to death. I, I was on Howard Stern show. I wasn't nearly as nervous. The first time they told me to go to the fifth floor, I was like, I don't know what to expect. Because our studios, just so you folks know, these gorgeous studios that John built on 3rd Avenue, were on the second floor. And John is here twice a day lately, at least once a day. On the fifth floor is where John does the real business, the real business. And he's got one meeting after another and this guy. And I went up there, and John's got pictures. You are every world leader, every important person. He's met everybody, John Katsimatidis, and they're all over the place. And I walked up there, and I was like, oh, my God, how's this going to go? And um, I walked in, and John was incredibly warm, incredibly warm from the moment I stepped into that office. But when I first walked up there, I was like, I was a little intimidated, John. I'm not going to lie to you. You're a pretty big-time guy. Well, look, everybody, we treat all our companies, we treat everybody like family. You do. And that's what it's all about. You do. Some more breaking news. Oh, no. Ukrainian forces, uh, Russia tells Ukrainian forces to surrender Azovistal plant by noontime or else. Oh, that's from Putin directly? Yeah. Is that noontime today? I don't know. Or else or what? noontime tomorrow. I have well, is that or now if you had to read between the lines, do you think or else that means chemical warfare, a nuclear attack? I have no clue. No clue. Well, that has been the, the talk the last couple of days that, um, you know, that they may in fact use nukes. You may as well, in fact, no, they're lose. not. They, they, well, if he says or enemy, else. They'll be in the enemy of the entire world. John, if he says or else, what is he saying then? What is he going to do? His army can't really do much. They've been embarrassed. His Air Force can't do much. His Navy doesn't have a Navy. Right. Team. So he, I'm telling you, here is, in fact, now that you I brought it up, so. here's Zelensky uh, talking about nukes just yesterday. This is number 22. And not only me. I think we, all, all, all of the world, all the countries have to be warned. Because uh, you, you know that it can be not real information, but it, but it can be the truth. Because when they begin to speak about uh, one or another battles or uh, involve uh, enemies or nuclear weapons or chemi- some chemical, you know, issues, chemical weapons, they should do it. They could do it. I mean, so they, they can. For, for them, life of the people is nothing. That's why we should think, not, not, uh, not be afraid. I mean that not be afraid, be ready, but uh, but that is not the question for to Ukraine and not only for the Ukraine for all the uh, for all the world. I think so. 
Well, there you have it. I don't know. Uh, I don't know what Putin will do next. But according to John, who just read that breaking news, or else. Those two words, never good. All right, the birthday wishes continue. On a lighter note, away from Ukraine, Russia, this guy uh, uh, does an awful lot for John and does uh, has done some great things for me, too. He's a close friend of the family, Mr. PR, Fred Apple Media, the great Todd Shapiro. Good morning, Todd. How are you, buddy? Hey, Sid, I just wanted to wish you a happy and healthy. I got to tell you something. The real rock star today is your mom. <laughs> your mom was just incredible. I think, John, I think on Mother's Day, we need to have your mom on alive on that morning. It's a good she idea. Just rocked it. What Thank incredible! You. Thank this you. is I the next Howard Rubenstein. <laughs> That's a really funny I'll reference. Tell you. That is a good reference. Let me tell you how much John appreciates my mother. To your point, Todd Shapiro. John wrote one of the two forwards for my book, which comes out in August, which I'm very excited about. You can pre-order it today. It's called Citizens United on Amazon.com. The other forward, Bernard McGurk wrote. And in John's chapter, he actually talks about my mom in his forward for my book. And that was before she even came on this morning. So John uh, is a big fan of Naomi. And now it's good to hear. So are you. So thank you for that. She, she, she's incredible. One thing I can tell you something. You know, people always joke about having a voice for radio. I mean, a face for it. You like you. You're just you're everything. You oh, got the look. You. You're, you're you. handsome. You know. Thank you. I, I mean, I, I what, what did you say? He has a face for radio? <laughs> no. No. You'll be looking. We're him. starting. Look, well, make sure you put out the P, the public the uh, press release. We're st- we're buying a movie studio. Yeah, John said that today, and, and I appreciate what you're saying there, Todd. Thank you. I appreciate all the. Oh, you GQ. You are GQ. Thank you. And, and you the first really uh, and the first TV show we're going to do is about this big famous radio station and Sid being the star <laughs> and all the women chasing him. Even though I'm a happily married man. And, oh, even though he's a happily married. That's right. Man. Yes. Uh, well, thank you for that, uh, John. I appreciate that. And Todd, you too. And you've been very nice to me since I've come the here. Wolf. And, and your lovely wife, Liz. <laughs> That's funny. I like that. Uh, make it happen, Todd. Come on. Let's get a press release out there. Can you do that? No, no, listen, we're, we're going to work on because I need right now you're Hollywood and people, you know, you're on the second Hollywood. We're, New York is going to be bigger. <laughs> Hollywood died. That's uh, the work right culture. That. Yeah. And we are filming Gravesend in New York uh, next week. But, yes, Todd, I did do some work in Hollywood. And I've been nicknamed that over the last couple of months. So things are going well. Right, Todd? Yeah. I think you're doing amazing, and Thank honestly, you. the world needs to know about it from Hollywood to South Beach to, to Manhattan to Brooklyn. You're everywhere, and you know what? WABC is blessed. John Kazmatidis is blessed. Everyone's blessed to have you on for the next hundred years with Thank ABC. You. God bless you, Sid. Thank God you. bless you, John Kazmatidis, for making the station number one and kicking ass everywhere. Thank you, Todd. You are great. First. You are great. You and your wife, Liz. You're both great people, and I love you, and thank you. For all the kind words, uh, really, really do appreciate that. Uh, I do. So thank you. Uh, thank you for that. So are you tired yet, John, of hearing all that? You know, I, I came, you know, I, I really wanted to go back to WFAN. I'll be honest with you. And I left. I got fired. In where, did, where did four hours go? They're gone already. We, we do a nice show together. Yeah, yeah. So I got fired in 2005. And if you read my first book, which not many did, it's called You're Wrong and You're Ugly. You could buy it for $2 on, on, uh, on Amazon. Paul Schwartz, who covers the New York football giants on a daily basis for the New York Post, he wrote the book. And the book ends with uh, Paul saying, maybe one day still get back to New York. You know? And I did some fill-in shows. I actually worked the whole summer of 2014 for Mark Chernoff at WFAN. And the one I got fired in 2005 for good, even though I did some fill-in shows afterwards, 
It was my dream and my goal to get back and rewrite that chapter, which ended with me getting fired in very ugly fashion in 2005. And all those years down in Miami, three different radio stations over 11 years, and I was a very successful morning show host in Miami, very successful, by myself. Did a great job, but I only wanted to get back to New York. And when the call came from Chad and Craig in 2016, I jumped at it, even though it was WABC and not WFAN. Can I tell you, John, and I mean this sincerely, and Chris Olivero can tell you this too, I am so happy that it's here And I have the opportunity to discuss a variety of things, whether it's local news, national politics, and sports, and entertainment, and stories like we've done today, you and I, John. It's all about telling the truth and getting getting the truth out to the American people. I can't understand some of these other stations, you know, just having corporate crap. Yeah, yeah. And whatever the corporate people tell them up above. Yeah. That's where they follow. And you don't do that here. No, no. You tell the truth. That's number one. And and you you don't get tired of hearing. It's just true. When I got here in 2016, it was a mess. Uh, Chad, uh, he did the best he could, but Cumulus really let it go, right? They sold WPLJ. They sold Nash Country. They sold the Urban Station. Me and Bernie were kind of dangling out there with WABC. We had no help. We couldn't get a billboard. We couldn't get a, 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 a promotional advertisement. We couldn't get a dollar to help the show. And we were dying a slow death. And, and it was hard every day to go through that. And you come in, and you've completely changed everything. God bless you. Are you tired yet of hearing how you saved WABC? No, <laughs> let me tell you something. I, I grew up at WABC. Uh, I remember having a transistor radio, and the first transistor radio was like the average three transistors. Yeah, three transistors in a transistor what, radio. What did it cost? And oh, gee, I don't remember. A I dime. think it was like five dollars ninety-five cents. And now, see this iPhone I have in yeah. my hand? Yeah, it has fifteen billion transistors. Fifteen billion. Fifteen. Big. Compared to three when right. you were wow, this iPhone here has more power than than the uh, uh, it wasn't the Mercury went went to uh, the moon Apollo Apollo went yeah. to the moon yeah. has more power wow. than that than the Apollo that tells you all you need to know right so you were sitting as a little kid with this little transistor radio with three, three transistors, transistors listening to but back then it was all music right well, mostly music yeah right and then and you brought back because you even wrote my forward in my book. Uh, besides all the nice things you wrote about me, and it, it, they were really uh, very, very nice, how you couldn't wait to get back to the music part to get Cousin Brucey back on the radio. Well, we got Saturday nights and Sunday nights with music radio, and uh, and uh, people love it. Yeah. You know? They do love it. All uh, of them. And when Orlando. Cousin Brucey plays some of his music, we remember where you were, where we were yeah. at that period of time. That's true. And he gets calls in. You know, WABC is a national network. Uh, he gets calls in from Oregon and, and Seattle and, and Las Vegas and Michigan and all those, uh, all those uh, states. And uh, people still love him because he sounds the same today as he did 50 years ago. He does. And the word for that is authenticity. 1-800-848-WABC. I don't know why you're saying the number. We've never taken a call. That's true. We're going to take three calls right now at the end of the show. Three. Uh, Luke, give us your three best calls from me and John. 1-800-848-9222. And make sure they buy uh, Pete's bur- uh, burners or what? Oh, Bernie's what? No, the... Uh, the uh, oh, Pete Morgan. Pete Morgan. Oh. 
You love Pete. That's right. That's right, because Pete Morgan was supposed to sponsor the Beat Said segment. Thank you uh, for reminding well, me, John. Well, okay. The first question. Yeah. Uh, who sailed up the Hudson River in 1608? Hudson. Henry Hudson. You're right. <laughs> and what was the name of the three ships? The Nina, the, the Pinta, Pinta, and, and the, the Santa, Santa Maria. Maria. <laughs> I know, I get that. We'll take, All right. <laughs> I win. We'll take, a sh- wins. we'll take a short break. Come back and wrap things up on this great birthday show with John Katsimatidis right after these short messages. News. Talk Radio 77 WABC. All right. Psychedelic furs, Lou Ruffino. Man, it's so good having Lou back. I just, I, I, I'll never get sick of saying that. I mean, it's just, it's great having him back. It really is. We, uh, a couple of minutes to go. John has been great this morning. It's been so much fun doing the show with John. But uh, what's fair is fair. Because when John's beautiful wife, who my mom talked about two hours ago, Naomi, uh, Margot had her birthday. I was there. Me and Danielle, we were there, celebrated with her. It was a great night at the University Club. In fact, we sat next to Larry Kudlow and his wife and uh, Rick. But and, we didn't break any dishes. No, we didn't that night. The University no. Club, they're too expensive. Yeah, no, those that'll cost you a lot of money. What's Rick's wife's name? Um, uh, Francine Lefkowitz. Yes, yes. We sat right in between Larry, his wife, Rick, and his wife and had a wonderful time. So now, in all fairness, we were there for her birthday. Now she's here for mine. Here she is, the great Margot Katzmatidis. Good morning, Margot. Good morning, Sid, and I want to wish you the most happiest birthday today. And I'm enjoying the show so much this morning, especially with my husband on there with you. But you guys are doing a tremendous job. Thank you. Thank well, you. She picked up my birthday, tie this morning. I... She tied your tie this yeah. morning? She picked up. Oh, she picked it up. And by the way, he looks great. The light blue shirt with the light blue tie Thank and the you. black jacket. I mean, Margo, you, you, like, you, you, like you walked out of a catalog. <laughs> Yeah, no, he's looking great. He's looking yeah. great. I, I told Joseph Abood, someday I'm going to fit into one of his suits. Getting close. Yeah. Getting yeah. close. And I want to tell you, your mother is absolutely the most wonderful, charming, spiritual, just just a lovely, lovely, positive uh-huh. person in life. And she gives hope to a lot of people. And she uh-huh. tells it like it is, just like you do. Well, I wonder where you get that from. Well, I was about to say, just like <laughs> you do. You remind me a lot of my mom in that respect. In that, um, man, you, you, you'll tell it the way it is, and you can trust when Margo and your husband, when you guys say something, you mean it, and she's a loving lady just like you are and a great mom just like you are. So a lot of the qualities that people love about my mom, that's you, Margo. That's you. Well, thank you. Thank you so much, and have a wonderful day thank and you. happy birthday. Thank you, sweetheart. Okay. Thank you. The great Margo. Only about 35 seconds to go. Quick, Lori, we've got 35 seconds. Just wish me a happy birthday because I love you so much, and, and we have to run. I'm sorry. Good morning. God bless you. Many happy birthdays. God is ta- you're talented. You have so many accomplishments, and that's your birthday gift bestowed from Harvey in heaven. Thank you, thank you. I love you. Quickly, uh, ten seconds. Lenny, Chronic, Fort Lauderdale, line two. Ten seconds. Hey, happy birthday, Sydney. The union mom. Thank you, buddy. We love you, Lenny. Thank you. Hey, John, this was so much fun today. Well, happy birthday. I enjoyed spending your birthday Me with too. you. Me too. I love and, you. Uh, I do love you a lot. You know that. I well, mean that. The, 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 it's real love. And listen, you got a million people out there that love you too. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, John, great job. Great job. Lou Rafino, Justin Ellick, Luke Lograno, Frankie Diaz with an E, Deb Valentine. Good morning, Jacqueline Carl. We'll be back tomorrow morning at 6. Thank you for your birthday wishes, everybody. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace.
If you've had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read all of their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today at 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email at info at gabolaw.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident. 